What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another hard-hitting, high-flying, spot-shooting episode of your number one wrestling beef sticks podcast, Beef Sticks. Beef Sticks. My name is Pasty White. And I am Fat Mac. There's a good chance you guys already know that if you're eight episodes in and still listening to us. And we see it. You would hope they'd remember our names by now. <clears throat> um, so today, interesting. Uh, Fat Mac does not have internet connection. <laughs> I, I, I cannot communicate with Pacey White other than us talking to each other right now. Uh, what we say, everything that you hear is every communication we're going to have with each other. Um, a lot of my notes and a lot of other things, the itinerary and everything else, I have no access to because it uses the internet. Because in this day and age, we all rely on the internet. And when the internet goes down, you're fucked. Right. But we're we're still bringing it to you. Right. Even yeah, without yeah. the internet, I'm talking to you. We're I'm really doing this through the power of the seven deities. Yeah, the seven <laughs> deities are bringing me here. That's what it is. Hey. I sat down and talked to the seven deities. They sent me a broken message, and we connected. Just like I that. I tell you, I tell you, the seven deities have been trapped in Jeff's tooth and were finally released at payback. Bam! That's what that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. I I like that euphemism. No, this is going to be a fun episode. I like it. We're we're going to be forced to just give you what we got. We're laying it out there, buck naked, buck wild. The buck stops here. That's the last buck phrase I could think of off the top of my head. And because we're off the script, I'm going off the rails, and I've got some uh, almond whiskey that I'll be sipping on throughout the show, in addition almond to... Almond whiskey's got nuts. In addition to Mankato Regular. Brewery's Mad Butcher IPA. I do believe this has been featured on the show before, but it is definitely a favorite of ours. I I seriously enjoy that Mad Butcher IPA, man. The Mankato Brewery, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. For a small-time brewery, they know what they're doing. Um, I got myself one uh, from a brewery I don't think we've had on here before. This one's called the 90K IPA. I felt bad I didn't do an IPA before. <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing so many IPAs. I like this. It's the uh, Waconia Brewing IPAs Company in Waconia. Days so, days. so it's it's right here. Um, they're, they're a brand-new <laughs> brewing company, so I mean, this is damn near. This might be the newest brewing company in Minnesota right now. They were established in 2014. This one here is a hop-forward beer named after the 90,000 miles of Minnesota shoreline. Somebody made that number up. That yeah. isn't true. Just like the land of 10,000 lakes, it's all bullshit. Yeah, 10,000 lake, my ass. We got you know. Like fucking, fun fact. You know, fun fact. Wisconsin has more lakes than we do, but they're better fishermen and don't want to advertise it to the rest of the world. Hey, we got a bunch of water. Come fish our lakes dry. So, yeah. Isn't that the truth? That is the fun fact. Um, this year I'm not is, a Packers guy, but I'll give you guys one blend. up there. <laughs> this is a unique blend of five American hop varieties produced, uh, uh, um, uh, produced notes of citrus, apricot, pine, mm. Spice and grapefruit has a complex maltiness and a dry finish makes it very refreshing and approachable to any hop head. It says, and this one here is a, uh, 8.5 by volume alcohol limit. So it's, it's not for the weak of heart. I must say, 
I'm usually pretty disappointed with the dry finish, but that sounds wonderful. Yeah, that's true. I, I like a wet finish myself, but every now and then it's just not good enough. And you know, you're sitting there and you're pounding it and you're pounding it and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go soft before I fucking bust. So you just, just fucking pull out and then you spit on her back and hope like hell she don't fucking notice. And then you're just like, oh baby, just, it's the best. You got to work you up a nice consistent loogie, not too thick, not yeah. too thin. Well, yeah, first you hock a loogie, but then you got to mix it with some of your saliva a little bit to get that perfect semen <laughs> yep. texture. Yeah. And you, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, we've all been there. Don't, don't fucking act like you haven't. Okay. <laughs> don't judge us. Every one of you listening to this have done it. Every woman listening to this has faked an orgasm and every man listening to this has spat on your fucking back. <laughs> so cut us some slack here. Yeah. You know you did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and cheap plug. For those of you who don't know, I have my own show now coming out every Friday, the day yes, after Beef Sticks podcast, called Fantastic Fables from Fat Mac. It is a pop culture topical podcast where I discuss any and everything that I want, unfiltered, unadulterated, and ungiving a shit so check that out it'll come up fridays um it's gonna be about a one hour show i got a prequel out right now that's a half hour episode and it's heartwarming it's you touching know, Good if you stuff. like what you hear here hear that we got into the wild green yonder with strategy that's that's an amazing show oh, yeah. he's got so much insight don't don't forget to check that out and uh get local mn is off and running now yes we are yes, intelligent we are. design you on there this yep. past monday so if you're interested at all in your local hip-hop scene fucking check it out we got a little bit of everything for you yeah yeah oh yeah and it's just it's gonna keep growing it's gonna keep growing i know uh my old lady was just talking about potentially starting her own podcast i told her to do a podcast about ocelots yes and she knows nothing and of ocelots. I am interested. well you know what that's that's the best way for her to learn i do think we're leaning dive. towards the food and drink podcast because I think that would be a lot of fun for That's everybody involved. That's because you're a fat alcoholic, you motherfucker, <laughs> and you want to make you a sandwich and get you some fucking liquor. Oh, this I, is you manipulating her. It ain't about the sandwich. I think when this gets off, I think she's gonna start making some in- insanely intricate meals, and I'm excited to eat some like super classy shit. You know what I mean? No, I think I think it's great. I think she's an amazing. Islands. <laughs> she could do it, and and and. Best thing is, is like every every handful of episodes, she can just combine them both and make a really good meal that that uses alcohol in in the production some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Right. Like mix up there a nice sex on the beach and then pour it into a cake mix. Yeah, I mean, you got your segment right there. You got your segment right there. Infuse your alcohol in with your yeah. I mean, and of course, it's good. you know, it'll be her podcast, but I'll be in the other room screaming at the TV, playing Call of Duty, getting wasted. So that'll be my my add in to the show. <laughs> well, you have to have your voice heard, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Things are just looking up from here. We appreciate you fans. Uh, we appreciate everything you do for us. Um, which may not seem like a lot, but it is. Every time that you click that button to play our show. 
that adds to our credibility. That adds to us moving forward. That adds to us getting new people, putting on new shows. It raises I mean, it morale. It, yeah, it makes us want to do it more. Helps. It wants makes us want to give you more. And in the pursuit of giving you more, this week I have started a Patreon page. And here, if you are a, uh, a current listener and you listen on the regular basis, here for a small monthly donation of $1, 3 or $5, you can get some access to some pretty sweet exclusive material. Uh, we're working on building it up for you guys right now, but I intend on having some, some podcasts that are only exclusive to, um, to our Patreons. Uh, we're going to be giving away free concert tickets to our highest, um, highest donators for Donations, for any clown style yep. shows. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Uh, well, we'll find we'll find different, uh, unique, different ways to do dick pics. to reward you. We'll, just, we'll post a for bunch of rewarding dick us, and they'll eat and we'll up. give you shout outs on our show. You know, leave your name. We'll give you shout outs on the show. If you want to fucking, you know, we'll, we'll give you a shout out. If you oh, yeah. if you give us money, we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> and it is a monthly if subscription, you wanna... but you can choose to end it at any time. And every dollar that is donated will be funded right back into Cloud Style Broadcasting to get us better equipment, um, merchandise for you guys to purchase, t-shirts and, and decals and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff. That is true. None of it is going towards methamphetamine unless we're giving it to you. To you. Oh, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah. I've, it's been a busy week, man. I've been. Dude. It's been wild. I busted it's been the wild. shit out of I did not watch. I did not watch Raw or SmackDown at all. At all. I don't know that I wa- Other than uh, Payback, I don't know that I watched any WWE TV since our last show. I watched it. You you really didn't miss much. I'll, I'll tell you that much. It was it was uh, okay. I figured. It was okay. There was some good stuff. There was some not so good stuff. Uh, there was some a lot of yep. blah shit. Yep. More blah lots shit. of women in a match on both shows. Hey, you just got to throw them all in there so they get some airtime. Speaking of women in wrestling, Charlotte Flair had some nudes leaked this week. Ooh. Yeah. I seen I seen some that weren't quite nude. I haven't They're... seen the, the, the full nudes yet. It was topless. They just keep coming. Literally. Literally they keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's no page debacle. Um, it's not nearly as much fun, so no. we won't dwell and, on, and on that note also, um uh, Alexa Bliss did finally come out. She she had an interview where she stated that the the photos that were released of hers are fakes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're damn good fakes, damn good fakes. But it it is not legit. So she was not part of this whole scandal, if you will. You know, I kind of I kind of didn't buy into it the whole time because the faces she was making were the same faces she makes when she wins a match in a nefarious way. <laughs> but I like to think that's the face she makes during sex. I, that's how I imagine her when I'm jacking off. I mean, that's I'm just saying. That's when I when I when I roll my pillow up and throw the saran wrap on there and lube it up real good with the baby oil and have my way with that Fifi and imagine that it's Alexa Bliss. I usually picture that face. 
<laughs> I think the whole IWC. Don't act like you don't do that at home. You quit judging us now. Come You're on, everyone is right up now. Put some wrap on and made themselves a fifi. I tell you, a, a third of our listeners right now is laying in bed under the blankets, doing stuff, picturing her face, doing stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, there's no shame, guys. No shame. Wave your banners. Proud. It's blissful. It's blissful. <laughs> Truly, it is. Oh, so we got some. Uh, we got some. Some more news. News. Oh, I, I say we start news off with use. the big news of the week. Uh, Sean Waltman, <laughs> X Pac. Yes, man. Yeah, this guy. Um, we even we even posted on our Facebook page um, this weekend. He went. He went missing. He just completely gone. His last tweet had him heading off to the UK for um, uh, Insane Pro Wrestling pay per view event. Um, and he, uh, didn't put out anything since then. IPW put out a statement saying that he no showed, you know, folks were wondering, did he fall off the wagon again? Cause he's got his history of drug use. You know, did something happen to him? Did he get kidnapped? Is it the Somali pirates again? <laughs> you know, what, what, what happened? Did he fall asleep and just not wake up? And there's a new Rip Van Winkle. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Uh, friends, family, fans were all out there. They were concerned, you know, close friends of his. That's what really was scary was close friends of his were putting out tweets just saying, Pac, if you're out there, don't respond to this publicly. Just get a hold of me. You have my number. You know, and some people were like, well, maybe he just damaged his phone. But you would have thought he'd find some way to get a hold of somebody. Right. Um, so a few days later, report came out that uh, he was arrested at LAX before he even left the country. For possession of methamphetamines and marijuana. And, <laughs> to make matters worse, they also found out that he had an outstanding warrant for a prior DUI that he had uh, skipped court on. Uh, poor X-Pac, man. I, I wish him the best. Um, and to his, uh, to his defense, he had a TMZ exclusive interview after he was released... And he claims the substance in his possession was a substance called Candida Cleanse Capsules. I've never heard of it, but he claims uh, it was these uh, Candida Cleanse Capsules, which he was taking to fight off a yeast infection. So, um, don't know. He, he didn't deny the marijuana, which doesn't surprise anybody, I don't think. Right, but we're not right. concerned about That's Xbox smoking a joint. No, That's no, no. Let him, let him do that. that. That'll probably keep him off the other shit. What the boy so needs is DDP yoga. Yes. DDP will straighten his ass up. Uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, uh, customs detained him and, and, and confiscated whatever the substance was. So it's going to come out what it was. Oh, yeah. If it was this yeast infection shit, then it's going to come out that's what it was. Magistry. If it was methamphetamine, it's going to come out that's what it was. You know, um, he needs to wash. He needs to wash his crotch between shows. I think that would just save him all this trouble if he just, right. you know, use some of that, uh, use some of that gold bond powder that Shaq puts on his feet. Mm-hmm. Just, just spray it on your balls, man. Just powder up your balls a little bit. Yeah, I think it would save him all this heartache. Maybe, maybe they'd see the gold bond powder fucking uh, flopping off his, from his shorts, <laughs> and they'd think he's smuggling meth, fucking smuggling cocaine in through he's his balls. cocaine. Yeah. A new meaning to great balls of fire, huh? 
<laughs> uh, WWE, you failed again. Man, that's the worst pay-per-view title I've ever heard. Yeah. There better so be something with be balls and podcast. fire. There, there, there be better the only be some podcast match. doesn't have that clip, that audio clip playing for their show now. You know that, right? Yeah. We can just sing it. <laughs> Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I just really hope, I really hope that, 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 that Matt is brain. broken by then. And to start the pay-per-view out, he runs out with those giant fucking Roman candles and starts shooting his great balls of fire. <laughs> Into the crowd. <laughs> Into a dilapidated boot. <laughs> there was no dilapidated boat in the House of Horrors match. I was so disappointed about that. All they had to do was have it sit in the corner. They didn't even have to use it, you know? Just put a dilapidated boat in there. They didn't have to use it. Yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed about that. Oh, what else have we got? I, I, like I said, I don't have shit. I don't have internet access. I got a few things I jotted down on my inner thigh so that when I suck myself off while we're watching, I can look at it and see what's going on. I learned that from Marilyn Manson. I got my lower ribs removed. Alberto Del Rio and Paige were partying this week. <sighs> partying a little too hard, I think, wasn't it? Uh, probably. He had just won the, what is it, QPW Qatar Pro Wrestling, not guitar, this wasn't a rock show, Qatar, the land of sand and Arabs uh, and oil. Uh, He had just won the Qatar Pro Wrestling title, I believe. Um, I could be wrong. I could be making this up because I can't verify it. I don't have a computer. Um, Then what happened, Pasty? (laughs) Well, they were partying. They posted well, then, a bunch of videos on social media and totally skipped a show for what culture professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. They, they no-showed uh, WCPW, which they've done already once before. Uh, one of their pay-per-views, No Regrets, ironically titled. No Regrets. Um, you know, Doesn't sound like he regretted it in the least. No. Oh, him and Paige were sitting there uh, chugging down champagne, getting drunk, talking about deleting his, his Twitter. This is my last tweet. And uh, and then he he, re- he reports he will not make it to the WCPW pay-per-view due to illness. Which, you know, the uh, absolute flu, I guess, is an illness. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardy would have went and, and, and performed for everybody. Just Jeff Hardy saying. would have walked out there, stumbled his way up the steps, argued with the referee, threatened to throw his shirt into the audience 17 <laughs> times, uh, and then get pissed at Sting. Uh, and victory Road. Really quick. Road, what was it, 07? I try to black it out of my mind. I think it was Victory Road 07. If you don't know what we're talking about, folks, just look up Jeff Hardy versus Sting Victory Road, and you'll you'll see it. Don't do it. Don't do it because if you have any love for professional wrestling, I honestly to this day say that is the um, probably the the most embarrassing, saddest thing ever that I've ever seen in pro wrestling. So don't go look it up. But yes, Jeff Hardy would have trooped it out there, and he would have showed up, sloshed out there, and gave it his all. And his all isn't enough. So, recently, <laughs> and this goes in back to our conspiracy theory, and just goes to point that, that 
Maybe the WWE is setting up relationships and causing relationships to fail. Carmella was recently on Lillian Garcia's Making Their Way to the Ring podcast. And she commented on her, her take on not getting called up with Enzo and Cass. In her yep. words, she says, When Hunter told me, he said the reason why you're not going with them is because you have the ability to make it on your own. You're not just a hype girl for Cass and Enzo. You're not. I see more in you. You have more potential, and you're going to be fine on your own. But she did also admit that uh, it's been difficult being in a relationship with Big Cass while they're separate on the road. They rarely get to see each other, and it makes things difficult. And I think that's exactly what WWE is going for. I I, I agree. I think I think Vince wants Cass and Alexa Bliss together because they'd make beautiful little wrestler babies. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know that it does, but <laughs> she's tiny. He's huge. It'd, it'd be an average sized <laughs> person. <laughs> and they're both gorgeous. Let's just face it. Cass is a good looking man. Alexa bliss is just drop dead gorgeous. How about that picture of, um, uh, Finn Balor standing next to Cass. Holy shit. Did he right. look like a hobbit? Holy shit. God yeah. darn. <laughs> And I if you want to talk about pictures, let's talk about let's talk about the death of kayfabe once again with uh, Roman Reigns ah, and Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman over in the United Kingdom, off. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Just we, kicks in it. We've seen ourselves. We posted a few pictures of them two on their honeymoon together. Uh, hearts and all. This week on SmackDown, Jericho lost the United States Championship back to Kevin Owens. And, ooh, sorry, we're having some technical difficulties. Per usual, it happens. But Jericho lost the United States Championship back to Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens beat the shit out of him. But not before Kevin Owens, or before Chris Jericho announced a new t-shirt he has released for his departure from the WWE for the time being, and it is a goat Which t-shirt. I want to buy. Yes, I want like 10 of them. <laughs> it is it is a wonderful uh t-shirt of a goat's body with chris jericho's face on it it's pretty awesome what else would you expect from yeah the greatest and he is this run has definitely cemented him as one of the greatest wwe superstars of all time he is definitely a goat I don't know. I wouldn't say he's the goat, but he is definitely a goat. There, I don't think there is the goat. There can't be the goat. You know? Hey, hey, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. There's one goat brother. The one goat brother is the one guy that doesn't exist in WWE at the moment, brother. <laughs> right? Let me tell you that. Uh, if there is a goat, it has to be him. But yeah, I mean, the, it's all subjective to begin with. So he's 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 in that talk. Definitely. And it's it's all within his care. I mean, it's not within his babyface character, but it's it's within his character to always push that he's a goat. You know what I mean? And he should within his his heel character. He should push push that he's a goat. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He needs to have that arrogance about him and he deserves to have it. He carries himself in such a way, you know, I love Jericho. I know he's gone, yeah, but I I'm really, credit. 
Really happy to see um, him when I, he comes back. You know, he, he's he's always been a better heel. He's a great heel. But this this baby face, this short little baby face stint that he's done has been very good. And uh, I love the fact that after the pay-per-view match between him and, and, and Owens, um, he went out there and he, he, he had a fan that had a list of Jericho and he went out and he signed it. It's like that's that is perfect baby face behavior, mm-hmm. you know, and you do it on camera so that the fans can see so that they can plug it into a fucking, uh, you know, a, a promo somewhere and stuff like that or, or put it on a DVD. It's like that's the kind of stuff some people don't don't do some people there might be a great face but then they do their match and they leave they slap a couple hands or whatever but the, the fact that he stops he takes the time to meet the fan takes the list to get jericho you know so he knows it's one of his fans and he signs it and stuff. i mean yeah that's perfect perfect he he has just learned how to cover every aspect of this and it's game so great. we call I think pro that's wrestling one of, the, one of the best things about chris jericho is he's got an on-off switch but it's a heel face switch and there's like there's no middle ground. It's boom, you're a bad guy. Boom, you're a good guy. And he just owns it all the way through. And nobody needs an explanation because it's just that's Jericho. It's great. That's Jericho. So in other news, uh, Billy Corgan has resorted to slavery and has purchased Easy E Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. He now owns niggas with attitude. Yep. No. He has uh, purchased NWA, the Wrestling Alliance, the National Wrestling Alliance. And it's easy for you to say. <laughs> you know. Uh, he's, he's in talks of pur- purchasing it. It is not finalized. So no. we can't say he has purchased it. He's definitely in talks of purchasing it. Um, he's in the final stages from all reports. Mm-hmm. But this purchase... Um, would give him the rights to the NWA name, the NWA championship title, and all all rights of the the name National Wrestling Alliance going forward. Now, um, some of you may not realize the National Wrestling Alliance is still around. It is still a thing. Basically, what it is, it's, it's uh, since ever since Jim Crockett uh, sold themselves to Ted Turner and became world championship wrestling NWA never really existed as its own promotion. But what it is, is it's a brand. It's basically, it's a, what you would consider a seal of approval is basically Mm -hmm. what it is. It's a brand name. The name carries a lot of weight. It does. It does. And, and, and a lot of the bigger independents can get this brand NWA. They can get the NWA title they can get wrestlers from other NWA-sponsored um, promotions and territories and work together with them. So this gives Billy Corgan the rights to that name, and 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 he could turn it into a promotion where it's just that. It's not a brand anymore because from, from what we've read, this will not give him rights to the NWA uh, video library. And it will not give them rights to the video on demand, which they have a website of uh, NWA video on demand that you can watch all of their stuff. It doesn't give them rights to that. And it does not give them rights to the promotions that currently carry the NWA banner. He's basically just buying the name and the title. 
Well, you know, he did a lot with TNA in the year he was with them, and I feel like he will do a lot with the NWA brand, especially with the the weight the name already carries. I mean, he's got he's got some shoes to fill there, and I think he'll he do does. well. Well, and, and you know, the NWA in, in in past years has also kind of been sullied because the more the more the NWA needed money, the more they would shill themselves out to whichever wrestling promotion wanted them. So you ended up getting some pretty skeezy wrestling promotions that were still NWA bannered. Um, so he, so he has some work to do to repair that also, but Hey, you have a built in feud with impact wrestling, right? Yeah. I mean, imagine the possibilities there. They have a real life, legitimate feud built in right there. Spoiler alert, I know where the Hardys are going when they're done with uh, WWE. (laughs) (laughs) Right? NWA, baby. (laughs) I'm going to join the man that smashed pumpkins. (laughs) 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 To take on that damn owl. (laughs) That's where they need to be next. You know what? They can go anywhere and I'll just love them. I'll just love them. Yes, they are great. They are definitely excellent. Oh. Um, Adam Cole. We need to talk about Adam Cole. Yes. Adam Cole, free agent. He is no longer contracted to Ring of Honor. Um, He's in that he's in that top list of people that everybody talks about as one of the best talents that isn't signed to WWE currently. Um, there's been rumors that WWE is very interested in Adam Cole. Um, he is a uh, a Bullet Club member. Yes. That holds well, some weight. WWE wasn't he kicked out of the Bullet Club? Uh, he was kicked out for trying to kick the yeah, the bucks yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's yeah, an he, ex he, he ended up getting axed um, by uh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm drawing the a blank here. Yeah, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks Kenny is what Omega. I was trying to think. Young Bucks yeah. and Kenny Omega. Yep. Yeah. Um. Now, with with everybody who's come available to WWE. Um, it seems like, and there's been a few people who have come forward and said they've gotten letters from WWE because they're interested. They've talked, they're interested. They're like, my contract's up. I'm interested in talking to WWE and WWE has sent out letters saying due to recent legal allegations, which we believe stem from the, the ring of honor ordeal that they had a lawsuit that that's still pending yet about them poaching ring of honor talent before they were off contract. Um, they will not talk with any independent talent until they have been uncontracted for 90 days. So Adam Cole probably has a while to uh, go out there and make his rounds on the indies and, and uh, collect some checks and collect some titles and, and do a few dream matches before I think inevitably he's going to end up in WWE. I don't see why not. Yeah, I see him there eventually. I, I kind of am not feeling it right now. I don't think that's where he's going right now. I'm not sure where he's going. I just don't don't see it currently. With the Superstar shakeup, I mean, it would be a good time to put him in, but they don't, they don't need him right now. I mean, he could uh, go to NXT. NXT, yeah. NXT could use him for sure. 
Um, I, I'd say if it's not, I, I mean, he's a, he's a top tier talent. I say if it's not WWE, it's new Japan. Yeah. Which has a working relationship with ring of honor. So that would still allow him to even work ring of honor, man. And, and he's still allowed. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying now that he won't even be in ring of honor at all. He's still allowed to wrestle ring of honor. It'd just be a per appearance, um, paycheck. Right. It'd be a per appearance basis. He isn't contracted to them at now, as of now. He could always re-sign with them if you wish to. Yeah. I could see, I don't know, I could see him more still going to New Japan and, and feuding with uh, Kenny Omega there. Keeping it going for a while. Yeah. Um, fellow fellow Bullet Club member uh, Bad Luck Fale is taking on Kazuchika Okada. Uh, that should be actually a good match. That should be coming up here. Um, I think that's this next weekend. I'd like to see that. Bad Luck Fale is a very um, underrated performer. I don't think he's underrated in New Japan. I just think uh, compared to a lot of the other people that folks here in the States talk about, um, you don't you don't hear a lot about Bad Luck Fale. He, Bad Luck Fale is a founding member of the Bullet Club. You know, um, he was there from the very beginning with machine gun Carl Anderson, you know, long before, long before Kenny Omega was in it, long before the young bucks were in it, long before AJ Styles was in it, you know, Finn Balor, uh, machine gun, Carl Anderson and bad luck Fale. They were, they were the beginning mm-hmm. of, of the club right there. That's, you know, you throw in, um, Tamatanga into the mix and that's your Mount Rushmore of, of the bullet club. Yes, indeed. Uh, and other young, uh, and other um, Bullet Club news: the Young Bucks uh, appeared on Ring of Honor and called out the Spirit Squad. Mikey and Kenny showed up and accepted the challenge. Said they weren't going to go next week. They wanted to go right now. Ran to the ring, super kick to the face. <laughs> the, we'll, we'll get the actual match uh, next week, but that's fun. Young Bucks and Spirit Squad. Send them, send them packing to OVW, Bucks. Man, Nick, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki from the Spirit Squad should make an appearance, eh? You know what? He'd probably get more action down there than he does in WWE. For sure. <laughs> he definitely. Right now, right now, Dolph Ziggler's role in the WWE is, Hi, welcome to SmackDown. Pin me. Yep. Yeah, you can't do any worse as Nikki from the Spirit Squad in Ring of Honor. He can't. He'd probably make pretty good money as Nikki with the Spirit Squad now. Just as a as a vintage act, that'd be wonderful. I I would like to see him turn on the Spirit Squad and join the Bullet Club as Nikki. Right. Ooh, this brings me to a thought I had earlier this week, and it's about how Are you thinking again. WWE superstars are not employed by the company. They're independent contractors. They are independent contractors. They have to pay for their own hotel, their travel, their food. Correct. Yada, yada, yada. Correct. Why is it? They don't get health. They don't get health insurance. Right. right, Yeah. No, no health, health no dental, no, no vision. They got to cover all that shit themselves because they are their own business. Correct. Why, why then does WWE have entitlement to a percentage of their merchandise. Why aren't WWE WWE merchandise, but superstars aren't allowed to have their own merchandise when they're on 
when they're contracted by WWE. And that's kind of fucked up because if you are your own Correct. business and you're trying to make your own money, you should be able to have your own merch. And that's just one thing I was, you know, oh, they this, could have this is, WWE this has been a could have that's been WWE going on. licensed merch, but superstars should definitely be allowed to have their own shit on the side. This is a debate that's been going on since uh, since back in the '80s, at very least. Jesse Ventura, who we will talk about later, uh, tried to get a pro wrestling union because he thought it was bullshit. There's literally been um, there's literally been the the state of New York because um, or no the state of Connecticut I'm sorry because WWE is located in Stamford Connecticut their headquarters has actually brought about just the WWE about that exact same thing and every time they get away with it the McMahon's have deep pockets they got political connections um, basically what they're doing is illegal by all stretches of the law it's illegal. Um, just ask CM Punk when he wanted to have sponsors on his shorts or when he wanted to go out and do a movie. Ask Hulk Hogan when he wanted to do Rocky and they ended up firing him. This is back in the 80s. They let uh, they let uh, Hulk Hogan go because he was not allowed to film the movie Rocky while he was uh, contracted to WWE. I mean, obviously, this is before WWE got into to uh, movies and, and Hollywood and stuff. But I mean, yeah, this has been a debate that's been long, long in the making. And, and it's something I ha I can't fathom why it hasn't been resolved. I don't understand how they keep getting away with this shit. They're basically slaves in, in a manner of, uh, well, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Some of them are very well-paid slaves. Some of them are not. Some of them spend more money than they make to work in WWE. Well, like you said, between the travel, the lodging, you know, people wonder how come how come all these guys sign up to do that uh, WWE road trip. It's because that's the only way WWE will pay for them to get from point A to point B. Right. The only way they get a free meal is if they sit down for table for three. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the only way they get fed. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, just, hey. And they hey, only release six example. episodes of that in a year. You know, that's that's terrifying. Perfect example. <laughs> Mick Foley is contracted to WWE as their fucking general manager, and he needs hip surgery, and he can't afford it. That's... While he's contracted as one of their... One of their lead characters. If this was a TV show, he would be considered a main character. Oh, yeah. And he can't afford hip surgery, which allows him to perform better in the ring at his job. Right. He wouldn't be and fumbling his hip over surgery the names is of due places to, if he wasn't in so much pain. His hip surgery is due to his uh, career in that ring. I mean, that's why his hip is so bad, is due to his work in the ring. So, I mean, that's the best example you can think of right there as far as current examples, I would say. That's, that's it, man. If you're an independent contractor... You should totally be able to make money any way you can outside of the company. I yeah. mean, the company, yeah, the company should have their own licensed merchandise, but you should be able to make right. money elsewise. The, the term independent contractor means that you are your own boss and you don't right. answer to the people you work for. Mm -hmm. um, it's, basically, it's basically another term for freelance. It's a freelance agent, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit. I agree. Man, we could we could do a whole show just about that, just to be honest. <laughs> Definitely a whole segment. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should. Maybe we should do a whole segment on that at some point. 
independent contract. We can look up all the all the legal mumbo jumbo and everything on it, and really just put it out there for yeah, everyone to see how see. just. I want to see one of these WWE contracts. I want to see what they look like. Hey, let's <laughs> get hired. There we go. Let's go apply. Then we'll know. Then that's the easiest way. I think that's the easiest way. Not looking online. I think just getting hired by them is the easiest way. You know, I think we'd get better results out of their wrestlers than Stone Cold does because all he does is belittle them the whole time they're on the show. You're lazy. God damn you, boy. You ever notice, though, when he's when they're on his podcast, he actually talks them up, talks about how great they are, all this. When they're on the quote-unquote Steve Austin podcast, <laughs> which is actually just Vince McMahon's talk show, he talks down to him constantly. I mean, he's Stone Cold gives a completely different interview when he's on Vince McMahon's fucking talk show than he does when he does his own podcast. I literally think Vince McMahon just writes him out a fucking uh, talking points list and tells him what to say. Right. And gives him a paycheck. And just let's bounce back to what we were talking about for another second about the independent contractors. Uh, Up, up, down, down is a really good example. Xavier Woods found a way to make money on the side with up, up, down, down (laughs) on YouTube. (laughs) And WWE stepped in and they're like, nope, we're taking this. You can have a percentage of your money. (laughs) Well, first they shut him down. They had originally shut him down and told him he couldn't do it. And then they ended up... uh, then they ended up rebranding it as their own little fucking segment up, up, down, down. Yeah. They completely cut him off at first and then they seen how popular it was and what they could do with it. And I suppose somebody in their social media department was like, no, no, you're missing out on a golden opportunity. And then they end up putting it on the network. Yep. It's just yeah. crazy. Just... That, is, that is another prime current example. Most definitely. Uh, New Japan is going to be bringing their famous G1 tournament to Los Angeles this summer as they to continue the United to States, break baby. through into the States. Yes, I'm super stoked. We should go, Bubba. I would love to. I would love to. Uh, G1 Climax is right up there. Um, if you, either, either BOLA or G1 Climax, which are both now going to be in, 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 in Los Angeles. Um, for those of you who don't know, BOLA is uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla's Battle of Los Angeles. Um, between BOLA and G1 Climax, this is basically the biggest non-WWE events in pro wrestling. And literally, a who's who of wrestlers uh, are the ones that end up winning these things. Um, the G1 Climax... Oh, I don't have internet right here. I want to go out and say... That Will Osprey was just no Kenny Omega, the cleaner Kenny Omega was just the uh, the first uh, Gaijin to win the G1 Climax, and that was I want to say two years ago now, but maybe it was last year. Actually, it was probably last year, and that was kind of when he got he got big and everything. Uh, Pasty, you can double check me on this because you have internet access. I I don't. So I can't double check that, but I want to say the cleaner. That's that. That was kind of the thing that got him uh, shooting into everybody's mouth, if you will, to 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 do a porn star euphemism. There uh, was he was the first gaijin, and and again for folks who are listening who might not know a lot of uh, the the wrestling terminology, a gaijin is a term for a wrestler in in a Japanese promotion or in Japan. Yes, who is he- not of Japanese descent. 
he did win the G1 Climax. Uh, it's the 26th G1 Climax, and it was last year. Yep. Okay. Hey, I got it right. Yay, pat on the back for me. You don't need the internet. Um, <laughs> Throw these right? damn notes out the window. Call, call me the professor, motherfucker. I'm taking Mike Tanay's spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, so right there, just that right there tells you. Honestly, before that win, no, um, one percent of you listening to this today knew who Kenny Omega was before that win. Um, you know, maybe five percent of WWE uh, people who watch WWE and go to their shows knew who Kenny Omega was before that win, and now he's a household name. Mm-hmm. You know, people were chanting his name at the Rumble. So what does that tell you right there? This is huge that oh, yeah. they're bringing this to the States. Huge. Potentially the biggest star outside of the WWE at any time. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Potentially. Arguably. Yeah, this and, is huge. And I, defendably. I would love to see it live. Um, the G1 Climax has been a staple forever. Like like you said, what did you say? The 26th annual it was? Yep. Yeah, so I mean, this has been going on for quite a while. It's just it's a testament of who's coming up in the business, who's hot, who, not necessarily who's big. Like if, if WWE did this, John Cena wouldn't win it, you know. Somebody like Adrian Neville would win it, or something like that. Somebody like Braun Strowman would have won it last year, something like that. I mean, it's going to be the people who are going to be making noise in the future are the people that win this. And then the crazy thing is, I mean, one thing about the G1 Climax, eight times out of ten, the winner is somebody nobody really expects. I mean, rarely does the favorite walk out the winner. Um, it's not like the Royal Rumble where it's predictable who's going to win. Rarely does does the favorite walk out the winner. I'm excited for this. So excited. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. As Jesse Spano would say when she's on drugs on Saved by the Bell. Remember that episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She got <laughs> fucked up on drugs. She got so excited. She just couldn't hide it. She got it. She got into Sean Waltman's yeast infection medicine. <laughs> <laughs> she had to take care of that itchy crotch that, that Zach gave her. Oh, we got anything else on the list today, Pasty? Oh, man. Yeah, there's there's one good thing oh, I want to talk about here. Uh, Mark Henry was at an NBA playoff game swinging Marcus chairs at mascots. Henry. Swinging Holy chairs shit. at oh, mascots. That actually brings brings something up that I need to bring up. But, yeah, this go was, ahead. Uh, uh, I had not heard of this at all. This is the first I've heard of this. Yeah, a playoff game between the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. The Spurs brought out the Houston Rockets mascot, Clutch the Rocket Bear. And the mascot attacked the Spurs mascot, the Coyote. Mark Henry was sitting ringside, or courtside. Got up off of his chair, folded his chair, and inducted Clutch into the Hall of Pain. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, no. Say it isn't so. (laughs) It is so. (laughs) When did this happen now? This Does was it say? just today, or at least well, just the news broke today, so maybe last night. Okay, so so um, so are they hopping on the uh, the viral sensation? Um, man, lack of notes, lack of internet, lack of sleep, and ton of beer. 
Um, it was another basketball game. Jerry the King Lawler was there. And another wrestler. It wasn't Sean Waltman. Who was it? Um, uh, they were at an NBA game. And uh, they ended up putting a um, one of their mascots back body drop. No, no. The mascot laid laid the, the heel out. It was a heel wrestler. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was playing the face. Oh God, who was it? It was it was a, it was a, a classic wrestler. It was the heel? He the the mascot ended up laying the heel out on a table. Went up to the balcony, or or I guess the next se- section up. I shouldn't say balcony. Went up to the next section up, and and performed a Macho Man elbow drop on this poor guy, and the table didn't even break. <laughs> it looked like a pretty rough spot. I felt bad for the mascot. Um, I don't know if you can do some internet work and, and, and find out what this is so we can uh, tell the folks exactly what it was. But this was like uh, last weekend. So I, I feel a trend coming along of professional wrestlers working with these mascots to get people to give a shit about teams that nobody really gives a shit about, like the San Antonio Spurs and whatnot. Um, I know Jerry the King Lawler was involved in that one, if that helps you search any. It was Jerry Lawler um, and Scott Steiner? Uh, Was it Big Papa Pump? Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, 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 it was Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. Yeah, and uh, I don't know which, which teams it was, but um, they put somebody's ma- – some, one of the mascots went and did an elbow, a Macho was, Man elbow was, on Scott. And- it, it was the Spurs – was the so Spurs, the Spurs okay, so again? There's, there's a theme going on here. The Spurs are, yeah, San Antonio. Uh, yeah, so, they're San Antonio. So yeah, the Texas area. You know, yeah, I, yeah. yeah we have rest, rich in wrestling history, rich. Um, so that's kind of cool. I I like to see where this is going. I hope we have uh, more more things like this to talk about. I like that they're integrated. It's 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 a um, lot of fun. The, the deal with the table was kind of rough because, like I said, it didn't break. And I this is a guy in a big fucking headed mask who can barely see out his eye holes. Who let him do that move? Like that, Get up that can't out be of my eye holes. <laughs> oh man, the eye hole man's gonna make a second appearance on the show. <laughs> We're gonna need a button just for him. I, we, you know what? We're gonna get eye hole audio for the next for the next one. We, we're gonna have eye hole audio for 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 beef sticks, and he's gonna have to make weekly appearances. I also think once we start doing interviews with wrestlers and stuff, we should have secret words like Pee Wee Herman before we do the interview, so they don't know anything about it. Yeah, that'd be fun. And when they say it, we have to scream at them, and then mm-hmm. we get punched. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, Brock Lesnar, how are you doing today? Well, I woke up to woke. No! <laughs> <laughs> and there I lay, bloody. <laughs> right. And that's the end of Beef Sticks podcast. Right. <laughs> Well, hell, look at look at what happened when Sam Roberts just said, "What's the haps to him?" I thought he was gonna rip Sam Roberts' fucking head out of his body. Holy shit! All a Sub Zero from Mortal Kombat One with his <laughs> spine just dangling. I was waiting to see Sam Roberts fro in the hands of Brock, the Brock, Conqueror Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's brain is only wired to to understand words in certain orders, so things like that confuse him. And when he gets confused, you know, 
tiny yeah, cock, tiny brain. He's yeah, he's 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 an angry he's an angry confused guy. <laughs> me no like big words. Me smash. <laughs> you should you should see him try to watch. Voice than Brock <laughs> you should see him try to watch Empire Strikes Back. When Yoda comes in, he oh goes gosh. fucking berserk. What does he mean? That's how Brock Lesnar screams. Do or do not. There is no try. Doesn't compute. (laughs) Do or do not. There is no try. Hey, happy May the 4th be with you. Happy Star Wars Day. How did we not fucking bring that up? How did we not start off with with May the 4th be with you? And tomorrow is Revenge of the 5th. Don't Don't forget. Yes. Well, really, we should probably just be saying happy Revenge of the 5th because most people won't hear this till tomorrow. But, of course, we said this before, and we have listeners that listen live. So, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. You know what? I I, I haven't recorded Fantastic Fables yet. I have to record that, and I really want to get drunk and eat nachos also. So Mm. I'm trying to figure out what order I'm going to do everything in. Could be interesting. You'd eat the nachos and drink the tequila while you're recording the podcast. That's what you do. Do people want to hear me eat nachos, though, dude? I'm a, I'm a loud nacho eater. Like, I love eating nachos. Just, I eat nachos. I eat nachos like I eat loose-lipped pussy, man. Like, shit's <laughs> slopping everywhere. Flopping back and forth. shit spraying out. There's, there's, there's a burning sensation. I mean, fucking, I'm not kidding. That's that's the way I nacho. Yeah, just uh, just don't stop talking. Talk with your mouth full. Be very eccentric about it. You'll be fine. Well, you know, be great. <laughs> While I, I'm drinking tequila, yeah. <laughs> gargling the tequila and talking. <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then I die right there. <laughs> The recording of my final words being a jarbled fucking mess. And they find me with fucking cheese, tomatoes, and jalapenos on my face and a bottle of tequila just fucking drained out around my fucking skull. That, you know what? That may be one of the better ways I could die. I like that idea. I might I might try to die like that. Oh, man. You're I'll getting me started on tomorrow. that. We're going to go off the beaten topic here then. And in my ideal death, if I am, if I, yes, let's beat it off together. No, but if I I am terminal and I am going to die, what I would like to do is tie a razor wire between two trees across the highway and ride a motorcycle and decapitate myself so I can see if I see my head fall off of my body because there's only one way to find out. And that's to fucking do it, you know? And Okay, well, I, I got one question. Razor wire or piano wire? Because razor wire is like barbed wire, but with the little blades of razors. And I feel like that would just hurt you. Okay, you'd have piano slow, wire. painful you know. death. Piano wire might work a little better. It's got a, it's I mean, got a, just, I just want to straighten this out for our listeners, man. It, it could even be a blade. Go. You know, that's a little bit more ridiculous and, and you know, off just the rails. A giant but guillotine just... blade. <laughs> What I if you like... what if you fucking miscalculated that and it hit you like right below the armpits and you're just fucking impaled on this thing and now you're slowly fucking bleeding out while you're impaled on this giant blade? 
I'll have to devise. Like I'll have to rig up another setup as a plan B, some kind of explosives. I want your no. Your plan B is going to be me sitting there eating nachos and drinking tequila, and then I'll just <laughs> off us both, man. Fucking deer or, hunter style. Didi mo, didi mo. We're just going to okay, fucking rush. Well, if you're going to be there with baby. nachos, then while I'm slowly bleeding out and still have functionality of most of my lung, maybe. Let's just say it's below the lungs. We can record the final podcast. <laughs> we could. Yeah. Diddy Mao. It'll be entitled Diddy Mao. <laughs> Diddy Mao. The Last Stand. It's got to be better than X Men, The Last Stand. <laughs> I bet my final words would be some real dumb shit, too. <laughs> right. My final words are going to be like, dude, I didn't know she was your wife. I'm, I've just, I've just, I've just given in to that's going to be my final words. I have rolled that dice so many times and continue to that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I'm, I'm okay with that. It's gotten quiet. I don't like the quiet, man. Yes, it is too quiet. Um, are we done with news? Do we want to go into our segment for this week, man? Or do you have anything else to to, to bring up that the folks need to hear? I mean, we got to keep them informed and not just about our death wishes. As, as Bronson would say, Charles Bronson, Uh, death wish, a cheap plug. God, that's a good movie. Fucking go out and watch it. Death wish, Charles Bronson, watch it. That's a beef sticks type of fucking movie right there. If there ever was one. Well, I do think we're ready to move on. I do think we've pretty much covered everything notable for the week. We might have missed some stuff. I'm sure we did. Cause... We probably did. I'm sure we did. And that's okay. I'm I'm all right with that. We gave them an we hour of news. That's more than they fucking deserve. Right? I'm just kidding. We love you all. If I could give you, if I could give you 23 of my 24 hours, I would fucking do that. But you know what? You don't care enough about me to do that, so I'm not gonna. But I'll, no. I'll give you. I'll give you this. I'll give you what we give you. Yeah. I hope you love. It. I'll play with your titties a little bit, lick on your neck. You know, whatever makes you happy, baby. <laughs> I do it for you, baby. I do it for you. And then he spits on your back. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. You're the best, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the best beef sticks podcast listener yeah. I ever had, baby. Couldn't possibly do it again. That sounds like a Rick Sanchez uh, move too. That does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rick Sanchez. Not only would he spit on her back, but he he'd make a clone out of the fucking uh, <laughs> the back, yeah, between her her back sweat and his spit combined. Probably some of the pussy juices or something. <laughs> you know what? When are we gonna get episode two, season three, episode two? Get your fucking asses moving. Well, because episode one, is, episode one wasn't the real episode one, you know? It was just the teaser to tide us over while they finalize shits. I know. They're like, oh, episode one's going to be a one-hour-long episode. And they give us episode one, and it's a half-hour episode all about fucking Szechuan sauce. <laughs> Which I'm not kidding. I, I don't even th- – I honestly think Szechuan sauce isn't good because it wasn't an actual memory they went into. It was just Rick Sanchez's own – uh, he, he made it up. He made that whole fucking thing up. So he could have made up the fact that the Szechuan sauce was good. It might not actually be good. That's that's my theory is the Szechuan sauce isn't good because they weren't in an actual memory. 
Yeah. That's what I'm going with. It was, yeah, right. I don't know. Right. It didn't feel like a, like a wholehearted episode by any means. I loved, oh my God. I loved, I literally watched it at least three times. Um, April fool's day. I literally watched it three times, April fool's day. And then at least, uh, and then I watched it one more time the very next morning before I had to go to work. <laughs> I was in love with it. I was in love with it. I like it. All right. We want to hit the hot tag. Oh, you got something to bring up, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. This shit really, yeah. really got to me here. Want to know what grinds my gears? <laughs> when people steal the name of our segment to benefit their segment on their podcast, and they work for the WWE, so they have more ground to stand on than we do, so we don't have any right to complain about it. And it's probably been around a lot longer. Oh, than we'll we still have. complain. Oh yeah, we'll still complain. <laughs> Kevin Eck. Kevin Eck. What the heck? Yeah, yeah just I his said. name, just his name brings up disdain, doesn't it? <laughs> That's what you say when you despise something. And the thing that <laughs> really, the, the thing that chafes me the most is, is his hot tag is a top five. So, so it's like, it's like we stole his entire <laughs> fucking shit here. <laughs> right. God damn it. These motherfuckers. <laughs> But I yeah, if you're listening, go check out Kevin X podcast. Uh, message him on Facebook and tell him Beef Sticks is better. You know, find his phone <laughs> number and post it for us so we can Spread call him and word. breathe into Let the voicemail. <sighs> We're coming for you, X. You know, the bitch of it is Kevin X most recent podcast is not going to talk about fucking killing yourself and eating nachos. It's not going to talk about the eye hole, man. It's not going to have any of this fucking shit that you people want to hear about. You know, by no means. Yeah. He worked for the company. He's already been tainted. Tainted love, baby. Tainted love. All right. So let's get into our hot tag, though. Our hot tag is the top eight announcers of all time so this isn't just like current announcers this isn't just uh announcers of the past this isn't just announcers for the national hockey league this is top eight wrestling announcers of all time um yes indeed this was this was a fun one for me i literally the very next day after we decided we were going to do this topic I was sitting in my uh, my secondary job on break, and I sat down and I started writing down announcers. I said, I just got to think of announcers I love, write them down, and I will move them into to, to my top eight. Well, I started going down a list, and I stopped. I was like, well, this is a good start. Let me see what I got. And I had eight. And I'll be damned if I didn't say, okay. So I had those eight. I put a line. I put a line in. I was using uh, Microsoft Excel. I put a line in. I separated it. And then I wrote a few more announcers that I really, really, really enjoy. And as I was sitting there and as I was trying to figure out who to put where, I said, you know what? Those first eight I came up with, I think, are going to be the eight. 
I like this. I like this top eight. Um, it is a very solid there, top eight. You know, it is. It is. There's a lot of of older announcers, but I get you know especially announcing. I think it just it's like wine. It gets better with age, mm. and I just don't think you're gonna have. I mean, even if you do a best pro wrestlers of all time, how many of the current wrestlers are gonna be on there? AJ Styles, maybe John Cena. You know, I mean, yeah. Where where what are you gonna do? There's there's so many to go off of, right? And and there's so many classic matches that you just your heart connects to and, and you associate those announcers with those matches that you're, you're gonna yeah it's like a moth to a flame baby don't burn me baby don't burn me don't burn me down great balls of fire see I can just be yeah. our button I can just be our button goodness gracious great balls of fire dun, 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 dun. you shake my nerves <laughs> and you rattle my brain do, 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 do. I don't know the rest of the words shut up <laughs> you do that. That's, that's more than most. I knew some of those words, but I didn't know them in that order. <laughs> so, all right. Um, let let me begin with number eight. Uh, or do you want to start with number eight? I could start with number eight if you would like. You take you take you take who you want. <laughs> take who you want. I mean, do we want to do we want to bounce this back and forth? Do we want to? See, this is the hot stuff, take. folks. We probably have been discussing off the air, like through <laughs> typing, through internet and shit. But I don't have internet, so now I'm just going to say, "What the fuck do you want to do, pasty?" Right? How do we want to fucking do this, man? <laughs> um, I mean, we we got our top eight. We got a little bit to talk about all of them. We're going to throw our own little shit in here and there. I mean, just you're gonna you're gonna get what you get, and you don't throw a fit, as they teach the kids. Go ahead to start this one off. Top eight. This is number eight. This is this is this is the guy that cracked the top eight. So you can blame you can blame this announcer for every announcer that didn't make the list that you love. It's this announcer's fault right here. And he would because take the heat too. Announcer, he would gladly take the heat. Oh, this this one would. Oh, he'd love <laughs> it, wouldn't he? Go ahead. Where, where, what number do we got? Number eight. Taz. He's the perfect example of a wrestler turned announcer. He even made Michael Cole tolerable. Holy shit. (laughs) Taz, with his signature Brooklyn accent and tough guy persona, is unique and immediately noticeable. He's also very funny, enjoys himself, but at the same time, he grew up as an old school wrestler. He takes his profession very seriously. He appreciates the art of moves, holds, characters, and storytelling. He's extremely knowledgeable and is not afraid to speak his mind, which got him in hot water at WWE a number of times. I think the best testament to his ability on the mic is the fact that he is the only former pro wrestler and I think person involved in wrestling to have his own actual radio show on CBS Radio. That speaks volumes. And that's the direction we're trying to head. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We want to be the next show that actually makes it to legitimate over-the-air radio. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You think of all the, the most famous podcasters right now. You got Stone Cold. You got JR, uh, Jericho. They're all just doing podcasts, yet Taz is the only one who's got a legitimate radio show on a legitimate radio station. That That's huge for anybody in the entertainment business. That's huge. Yes, huge. 
Trust me, I've been told. It's huge. <laughs> for for such a short guy, he is huge. <laughs> I, I, I love Taz. You know, he um he like a lot of other um wrestler turn announcers, he, he he went to announcing due to the fact that he had injuries, he got neck injuries, he broke his neck multiple times, and finally the doctors just told him you can't risk it. If you break your neck again, you're fucked. And uh, he ended up taking a job announcing. He started in WWE. He was announcing, I think SmackDown was what he started on. Um, possibly. I don't remember. But yeah, and, and then he went on to do um, uh, TNA. He went to TNA and was one of their main announcers forever. Um, which is where he hooked up with the Professor Mike Tanay, who is who is a uh, a frequent guest on Taz's radio show. Um. Yeah, I love him. He, his personality alone, he was always good on the mic. His personality is amazing. He's got insight into the business, you know. I mean, we I could do a whole segment on my favorite Taz matches. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, Taz Taz as a wrestler was great. And when he first became an announcer, I had my serious doubts on on how good he was be or how long it would last. But right. he, he definitely stood the test of time and I feel is an excellent wrestler, but a, a better announcer. It's very nice. Yeah, definitely. The human suplex machine turned into the human podcast machine, turned into one hell of a radio announcer. And transitioning from Taz, let's go into the Professor Mike Tanea. He's at number seven. Seven, seven. Mike Tanay, who, who was uh, Taz's uh, commentator uh, partner in TNA, um, also, like I said, frequent guest on his radio show. Hey, they don't call him the professor for nothing. Mike Tanay is one of us wrestling geeks. Yes. He, he epitomizes you and I and everyone listening to this right now. He's not a former wrestler. He's somebody who loves wrestling, who just happened to be an amazing speaker also. I mean – Talk about informed. Talk about prepared. Talk about living his job. Mike could tell you not just the name of certain moves. I mean, he could tell you what the move is called in different regions, in different territories. He'd tell you who invented it. He'd tell you who used it prominently and what moves were similar to it or or what it originated from. Like, oh, it's used, you know, they started out with this move and he tweaked it, turned it into this. I mean, hey, the professor. Let me just throw this out here. This has to be Fresh's favorite announcer, man. So shout out to Professor <laughs> Fresh. Come on. If you don't love Mike today, you're not a wrestling fan, Fresh. I'm just putting <laughs> that one out there. <laughs> That's where he got the name. That's where he got the inspiration. No, I don't sure, even know if Professor Fresh that. watches wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably not. If not, he's probably not that big of a of a Mike Tanay fan that he got his 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 persona from him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be surprised. You want to go into a uh, number six? Yes, Gorilla Monsoon, ladies and gentlemen. This guy was a mainstay in the WWE during the rock and wrestling era. Another wrestler turned announcer, but I respect the fact that he slid comfortably into the play-by-play announcer and not the color commentator, as most former wrestlers slip into. But Monsoon owned it, 
And he always sounded so professional and was always there to put Bobby in his place. And I mean, we always love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Monsoon was the laurel to Bobby Heenan's hardy. Gorilla Monsoon was such a beloved character that the staging area just behind the entrance curtain at an event, a position which, the, which he established and he could often be found during the WWF shows late in his career, is called the gorilla position for this reason. And if that isn't enough, when the great Bobby the Brain Heenan was inducted into the Hall of Fame class of 2004, he ended his acceptance speech with the words, I wish Monsoon was here. And that was touching when I first heard that. Holy yeah. shit. It's tear-jerking tear material. You know, for people who grew up WWF fans of, of our age, who were there through the uh, 80s and into the early 90s, I mean, Monsoon was the voice of their generation. Holy shit. That guy was there for yeah, all, I, I, all of the big pay-per-views in, in, in the, the beginning of the pay-per-view business for WWF. He was always there. You know, a, a big a behemoth. A beast, a behemoth. Oh yeah. You know, he didn't get the name Gorilla for nothing. He, <laughs> he was he was a giant. I mean, if you put him up there today, he'd stand there with with Braun Strowman and be comparable. He was a big dude. Oh yeah. But he, yeah, like like you had said, how this guy turned into the play by play announcer. When pro wrestlers just don't do that, they're not cut for that that cloth. They're, they're cut from the cloth of the color commentator. He was good. And him and Bobby the Brain Heenan um, are are tied as my favorite uh, uh, announcing duo of all time. And we'll get into who my other favorite announcing duo of all time is. But, but they're tied for me as my favorite announcing duo of all time. And my favorite announcing consists of him and Bobby the Brain Heenan, which was the 92 Royal Rumble. Yeah, you just, I don't know, back in the day, it was always Heenan and Monsoon, and I would say one of the best combos there was. Oh, yeah, and Monsoon worked really well with, like, a Macho Man, when Macho Man was doing his announcing, uh, Monsoon worked, worked really good with him. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, Vince McMahon, Monsoon worked good with Vince McMahon, Um. And and he had fun. He he always had fun when they did backstage stuff or whatnot. He'd always goof on Heenan, or he'd mess around with the wrestlers. Uh, him and Mean Gene would joke around a lot. I picture him and Mean Gene after the shows, just sitting back and fucking smoking cigars and drinking whiskey and just fucking having a good time. I always pictured that, even as a kid. Him and Mean Gene. Oh yeah, yeah. I would have loved to party with them if we could invent a time machine and go back. Let's do it. Do you ever notice, you look at announcers nowadays, you look at, uh, um, and Mean Gene was more of a, uh, more of an interviewer. Uh, but, you know, you, you look at all these people, interviewers, announcers, all of that, and they always get picked on, they always get shouted at by wrestlers, they always get pushed, they always get intimidated. Fucking Mean Gene didn't put up with any of that shit, did he? No, that motherfucker no, he put people not. in his place. Yes. He was three feet shorter than them, and he'd like, <laughs> hey, back off, buddy. You know, there's that one famous interview where he was like, you put that cigarette out and nobody knew who the fuck he was talking to. And, and, uh, one time 
I'll, I'll never forget. This is this is a, a, a this has nothing to do with Gorilla Monsoon. I probably shouldn't be talking about this, but <laughs> there's there's a clip. It was an outtake, and it's a uh, me and Gene Okerlund is interviewing uh, uh, backstage. He's interviewing Kamala, the Ugandan giant, who didn't speak English uh, kayfabe wise. His character didn't speak English. He had um, not Mister Fuji. Uh, who do you have? Uh, Mister. Um, Anyways, it doesn't matter. He had, he had a guy that would speak for him. Anyways, so he's back there, and he's talking to him, and he's like, Hey, hey, I heard that you missed out on an event last Saturday. And he had. Kamala was fucking drinking, and he fucking didn't show up, a la Alberto El Patron, to WCPW. <laughs> uh, he, he had done that. And, fucking, <laughs> and me and Gene called about. He's like, Hey, I, I heard you no-showed an event on Saturday. What, what was with that? And he puts the microphone to him, and Kamala, you know, he's kayfabing. He's like, you know, looking at him all weird. And he's like, hey, come on. What? Come on. I heard I heard that you didn't show up. And he gives the mic to him again. Now, this is before live television, folks. So this was all pre-recorded. Like I said, this is an outtake. Kamala still doesn't say anything. He's like, no, I want answers. I'm not leaving here till you tell me what happens. And Kamala goes to the mic, and he says, I was fucking two women at one time. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like this is supposed to be this like feral being from the Ugandan gyre, from the Ugandan jungles, and he doesn't speak English, and he fucking you know throws harpoons and eats raw fucking monkeys and shit like that. And he's just like those fucking two women at one time, all right. And me and Gene just starts busting out laughing. <laughs> Oh, what what it wouldn't be like to be in the fucking professional wrestling business 20, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, oh it would have been so much fucking fun, man. They had the most insane times. The stories that you hear, man. And, and imagine the stories you don't hear. Right. Or the stories that are forgotten due to fucking drugs and alcohol or death. God, you know, rest in peace, all you dead wrestlers. One of, before all we right. venture on, <laughs> one of my favorite Mean Gene moments, I think it was either the first Raw or one of the first Raws, when he's locked outside of the arena trying to get in. Oh, my God. Yes. Hilarious. Yes. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> mean Gene was just, he was he was something else, you know. He, he's not on our list, and again, that's because he was more of an interview, a backstage interview guy than an announcer. He did do announcing. But I, I, I can't say his announcing earned him a spot on this list. Um, if there was backstage interviewers, he would definitely be at the top of that list. Oh, yeah. Uh, For down, sure. Down. Um, or even maybe most memorable non-wrestling personalities. He'd be, in, he'd be on that list for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Now that we've spent a good half hour not talking about Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, well, you know what? Why don't you take this next one? Because I, w- I want to take number four, if that's all okay. right. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into it. Number five. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. If this guy doesn't know pro wrestling, no one does. The man born Vincent Kennedy McMahon started his pro wrestling career and in re- as an in-ring announcer for WWWF back when they had the extra W for, you know, Shining remarks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Back in 1969, just six years after his father left the NWA as their height. Which man. Billy Corgan will own. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> and rebranded under the name Worldwide Wrestling Federation. 
Although he always wanted to be a wrestler. After Vince bought the company from his father and rechristened it with the World Wrestling Federation for short, he knew that he could have the most control of the show from behind the announce desk. But this wasn't nepotism at its best. On the contrary, it turned out Vince McMahon would become one of the best announcers in the history of this great sport. My favorite was when he and Jesse the Body Ventura would be together. Those two just really complimented each other as any other as good as any other announcing team. Man, and Vince on the announce table, all that screaming. He had so much energy. Like, oh my god. Oh yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> it, it was it was great. And he did. And he and you could tell how you know, you didn't know it at the time. Because uh, especially at the beginning, so many people didn't even know he was the owner. And then later on, they kind of knew he was the owner. But there had never been, like, um, an owner. I mean, there had never been an owner like in the that was an on-air personality yeah. or that affected anything. So you didn't know it at the time. But when you go back and watch a lot of these and listen to him, you can see how he was actually directing his own movie from the fucking announce desk live mm-hmm. as it happened. You know, he was he was the, the, the puppeteer to the marionettes from right where he sat. And it was perfect. It would be a good euphemism. It was perfect. He yeah. should he, you know, instead of being in the gorilla position, I feel like he should he should still be on the announce table, you know? That'd be good. I'd like to have him back. Or, or as, even you know, even if he just did it for like Mania and SummerSlam. Oh yeah. Yeah. With with him not being a, an on air personality and with the Mister McMahon persona kind of being tamed down a little bit, I mean, it would be perfect for him to get behind the desk now and that, and and it would make it seem like such a big deal. Oh yeah, and I bet it would be a huge relief for Michael Cole because then he wouldn't have to have Vince in his ear telling him what to say the whole time. You know? No, he'd be st- sitting beside him <laughs> telling him what to say all the time. No, no, uh, Michael, you gotta say. <laughs> Georgia Gold Chicken, 27 times <laughs> in this next match. Good old KFC. I and, went to, I, you know what? I went to KFC today, and uh, the cheap-ass fucking uh, KFC, half KFC, half Taco Bell that I fucking went to doesn't have that fucking Georgia Gold, and I just wasn't happy. I'm sorry. I would have drove away. Happy. I would have drove away. I need my I Georgia Gold, man. I got the itch. Fucker, I need that Georgia Gold, and you're going to give me that Georgia Gold right now, or something bad's going to happen, and it's going to happen right here. Um, yeah. No, you know, and, and if he did come back and do that, I'd want him to come back as the announcer Vince and not – I mean, he, he'd obviously have to be the Vince McMahon character, but he could be a toned-down version of the Vince McMahon character and be uh, more of the announcer Vince than he was back then, you know? Mm. That's what I would want. I don't want the asshole Vince character on the announce table. I want announcer Vince at the announce table. And, you know, Vince being at the announce table kind of really pushed the the reality. You know, a lot of that really pushed um, um, the attitude era. Because you mm-hmm. think back to when uh, Bre- uh, Bret Hart was just turning heel and he was feuding with, with Shawn Michaels and Vince had like, uh, oh God, it's been so long now. Vince either didn't give Bret a title match or he did give Shawn a title match. He did something. I don't remember what it was, but Bret came up and he went up there and, and he just, he just, uh, oh, he, you know what he did? He, he hockeyed Vince McMahon 
And by hockeyed, I mean he grabbed him and he pulled his shirt over his head mm-hmm. and he, he pulled the whole hockey maneuver deal on him. And that ended up being like a really big thing and had Vince, the owner, and also the the, the announcer not been at the announce table right there, that wouldn't have happened. And that went down as one of the biggest uh, or one of the most memorable things that led to the whole uh, um, Montreal screwjob deal. I mean, shit. 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 And, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Ventura and him together being being one of your favorites. That's that's one of my favorite teams. That's the one I was talking about as as two of the two of my favorite teams. Um, Ventura and Vince and Heenan and Gorilla are right up there as as two of my favorite teams ever. I just I just love that shit. Oh, yeah, they definitely they had some they, they definitely had some magic together. I mean, who doesn't love a little body? I love a big body. I, lo- I like a full-bodied brew. And a full-bodied broad. I ain't gonna lie. I want some curves on my woman. How about Get full, your stick full-bodied shit brows? Full-bodied nice, full what? Nice, nice unibrow. Full-bodied brows. Um, brows. No. On your full-bodied brow. No, I don't, like my women, I don't like my women to have full-bodied brows. I don't... <laughs> No, I used to, you know, I used to date this chick with a really hairy ass. Um, she was, she was killer in the sack, but she had a real, like she had a, an ass as hairy as mine and shit. And you had to shave it and stuff like that. Oh, weird. It's like, what the fuck's up with that? Uh, don't shave it God. for a couple of days. And she's got, she's got some stubble. Uh. No, that would happen. That would happen. <laughs> and it would hurt because I shaved my shit, you know, so I'd be nice and smooth. And I'm pounding up against it, and it would give. I'd get razor right. burned from her ass. She wants you to go doggy style. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna name fucking names. And I mean, God bless her. She was a sweet gal, and she was killer in the sack. But um, that always bothered me, man. That always bothered me. But then, like sometimes I'd let it just fucking grow out because it didn't fucking razor burn me. But then I'd look at a hairy ass while I'm pounding it, and I felt like I was at least bisexual. Just bleach you know the hairs. I mean? Bleach the hairs. You'll never even know they're there. How'd you know she was dark, dark haired, man? <laughs> you fucked her too. You <laughs> fucked her, you dog. Why didn't we fucking tag team? We could have pig roasted that shit. You on the, the mouth to me in the ass. We could have pig roasted her. Damn it. Had only we known. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go on to the next one. <laughs> and this would be number four. You know I, I don't know if y'all are picking this up, but I keep hitting my own microphone, and it's really bothering me. I don't hear it, but if y'all are hearing it, I apologize. I keep hitting my own microphone, and um, yeah, similar to that, exactly. <laughs> I, I apologize right now for that. Uh, sometimes your shit just gets in your way, and you whack it. Number four is a is is a name that any old school wrestling fan is going to know, and uh, any. Any like uh, more more newer E fan anybody anybody born in the nineties uh, and two thousands might not know if they haven't done their research or haven't watched a lot of old tapes. But this is Gordon Soli, uh, and and the name when when you hear the name you hear his voice. He had a distinct voice. I mean, this is a classic pro wrestling announcer who who would. Definitely appear on on the pro wrestling announce Mount Rushmore. I mean, this guy, 
This guy's up there with Bob Cottle, uh, Jim Ross. I mean, whoever you want to put on there, you, you know Gordon Soley is going to be on there. If you're an old school fan, he's on there. If you're an all time fan, he's on there. If you're a new school fan, he's not on there, but he is he is the favorite announcer of one of the announcers on your pro wrestling announcer, Mount Rushmore. Definitely. He never, ever called a single match for WWF or WWE or WWWF. Um, and I don't think he ever did for, uh, uh, what was it, Coliseum Broadcasting the, the before WWWF. Uh, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it. Anyways, uh, he, he very well might have. Um, but he was the head announcer for USA Championship Wrestling, head announcer for Continental Championship Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Florida, and World Championship Wrestling. And any old school fans know that. His voice is just iconic. Like I said, when you say the name Gordon Soley, people already hear him talking in their head. Any old school wrestling fan can pick his name out immediately from a clip. If you play a clip on YouTube, if there's a clip in a WWE uh, retrospective uh, DVD, I mean, people are going to hear it. He is the guy who famously referred to a suplex as a suplay, which always screwed me up in the 90s because in the 90s I was really into learning the technical terms of all these wrestling moves which it wasn't until later on that I'd learned that they'd all have like seven fucking names anyways. But I, I, I did the, the research and I was finding out the, the old term. The, I, I'd listen to all these old school matches and Gordon Soley would refer to it as a play. And for the longest time, I thought play was the actual correct terminology. And it's not. It's suplex. But play sounds Frenchish. And allegedly, it made it easier for the average wrestling fan at that time to remember and repeat it. This guy also, and, and all of you 90s wrestlers are going to know this one, okay? This is the man who coined the phrase Crimson Mask to refer to a blood-covered face in a bloody brawl. This was most made famous by Ric Flair, but in so many matches that so many different announcers have called when their face is covered in blood, they say, he's wearing the proverbial crimson mask. We've all heard it. Every one of us have heard it. This guy created that phrase, or at least made it famous. He was actually so big back in the day that in 1987, they had a board game titled Gordon Soley's Championship Wrestling Trivia Game that was released by Sports Entertainment International, Inc. So, I mean, this this guy would have been the J.R., of his generation, he would have been, uh, what do you want to say, the Michael Cole of his generation. I mean, this I mean, this guy had a game named after him. Right. You know, when was the last time you picked up Jim <laughs> Ross's WWE Royal Rumble for PlayStation? I just pick up Jim Ross's barbecue sauce usually. Damn right. Re- remember how fucking uh, uh, his, his wife was killed over the damn barbecue sauce? God damn it. Why'd you pick up the sweet baby Ray's? God damn Damn it, why'd you pick up the sweet baby Ray's? <laughs> King! Could have just let her fucking use the barbecue sauce, King. He's got a short Damn fuse it. with the ladies. He's got a short fuse. He does. He does. That mascot was probably a woman that fucking went through the table on Scott Steiner and shit. That was probably a woman in the mascot <laughs> suit. 
Uh, so, Pacey, I'm curious. Do you have any memories of, of Gordon Soley? I mean, do you, what what is your take on Gordon Soley? How did, how has he affected or not affected your your life? Um, don't know None. him. None. <laughs> he wouldn't have made my top eight, but he made yours, and I respect the guy a lot more now. I'll have to check out some of his work. If he made the if he if he cracked the top half, I mean, he's got to be something special. You know, his voice was similar to, if, if you remember the old newsreel footage that you'd ever hear, like, all right, folks, and coming in here from Vietnam, we had, oh, I, I mean, he had that it. similar, that, that radio voice. Great. Real tinny, you know, nasally, that's what it was back then. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah, check it out sometime, because he is, he, he was, I mean, he was, he was the announcer back in the day. He's the announcer everybody wanted. And, I'm going um, uh, to bone up uh, on him this week. And I'll come back next week, and I'll do the entire show in a voice similar to his. Be Go ahead and bone him. I will. Um, the next one, I'm going to let wrong with necro- necrophilia. Because <laughs> the, the next one, um, uh, no, well, I don't, I don't know. Actually, you know what? You go ahead and take it. You go ahead and take it. He would have been not my number one, but he came uh, in no, at your. No, I, I, no, no, my my number. I, I'll go with this next one. Because this next one okay. is somebody we all know and love very well. And then uh, the next one after him is actually a uh, barbecue barbecue guru that you had talked about earlier who may or may not have moved around um, and is in the number two slot now. So my number three could have been the number two, but he's actually number three um, after number further. Three. And, that's, and that is the Governor Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura is number three. Uh, he didn't make number two. Somebody else took number two, a barbecue connoisseur. Uh, but number three, Jesse the Body Ventura, the governor, man, uh, for us in Minnesota. Not everybody listening to this is from Minnesota, but for us, he was our governor. Holy shit. I mean, right there. I, I could probably end it right there. Number three, Jesse the Body Ventura, former governor of Minnesota. Yep. You just fucking That's all you need. there. It's done. That's all you need. Shit. He's up there with Arnold Schwarzenegger I, and hopefully soon yeah. Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, this guy was in the very best Batman movie of all time, Batman and Robin. <laughs> we just we just lost fucking 90% of our listeners because I said that. I love that <laughs> Folks, movie. I'm kidding. That is not the best Batman movie. I love of that all movie. Time. <laughs> I love not. that movie. And that's honest. Uh, it was great. I, no, it was I, I enjoy so it. So campy it's, and it's cheesy. And the one liners. Oh my good. god, the the Arnold one liners just for days. I nice to meet you. <laughs> chill Why out. don't you chill? <laughs> Freeze. Uh, no. Um No, no, Jesse the Body Ventura. This guy was made to talk. I uh, uh he, 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 I could have been him in a former life if he was dead. Because all I want to do is talk. When, when he wrestled, and this is another, I mean, there's a lot of uh, former wrestlers turned announcers on here. Actually, you know, it might be pretty 50-50 for, for people who weren't and were. So maybe that tells you it doesn't matter. Uh, but anyways, I mean, uh, when he was a wrestler, he was one of the best promos at the time, if if not the very best. He was out there. He was flamboyant. He he held a crowd with his hand. He could make you love him. He could make you hate hate him. Uh, I, I would say I would bet you that Jericho uh, um, thinks a lot of Jesse Ventura and took a lot from him because I see a lot of Ventura's promo in Jericho's. And if he didn't, 
uh, he got some subconsciously because Jericho is very Ventura esque. Uh, very. Actually, uh, the thing that both stood out, Jesse and Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of you know talking through the butt and everything too. <laughs> uh, you know, to, to me, one of the things that stood out the most about uh, quote unquote the body was ironically his mind, which is what he went with later on in his career was Jesse the Mind Ventura. So it's it makes sense. But Jesse not only knew how to help the talent in the ring tell their story, he not only knew the history and technical terms for the various moves and holds, he was just so eloquent, especially for like this big brute of a muscle-bound man. I remember one time... Uh, I don't remember. God, I don't remember what shore match it was specifically, but he and Bobby Heenan. This was for the WWF. This was in early '90s. I, I know that for a fact. They're both announcing the same show, and uh, our future governor would use these larger multi-syllable words. I, I don't know exactly what they were talking about or whatnot, but Bobby. Bobby plays off how, how he has no idea what these words mean, you know, and then later Ventura would pull out another one of these fancy words and Bobby would get all flustered and they ended up turning it into a thing throughout the whole show and Ventura just kept saying these big words and Bobby would just keep fucking, why, why do you got to use these? You're making up these words. That's not a real word. And, and, uh, it was <laughs> it was good. It was fun. It worked well together. Um, although... I gotta say, what like like Pasty said earlier, my favorite to sit opposite of Jesse Ventura was Vince McMahon. Mm. I mean, those two, and it's ironic because those two had such a chemistry together. But the best part was Jesse wasn't afraid to speak his mind. He would literally on air put Vince in his place. He called out Vince when he misspoke or called a move wrong. I mean, he would tell Vince that this guy should be doing that. He, you could, you could listen to Jesse, and and upon listening to, again, this is one of those things when you go back and listen to it later, you could hear basically Jesse saying, "Vince, you really should be pushing this guy, and you're not. You're holding him back." He wouldn't say that word for word, but the way he would say something about what's going on in the match and the wrestler in the match, you know, he was telling Vince, "Vince, you should really be doing this. You should be pushing this guy. You should be doing that." I mean, it it was crazy. He would bring up topics that Vince didn't allow on his television. And and as we spoke of earlier um, on an unrelated uh, subject, Jesse Ventura was the closest to getting a pro wrestler's union formed. And don't for a second underestimate the fact that it's because he was such a good talker that he's the one that got the farthest in getting this to happen. You need to be able to rally your troops. You need to be able to speak and congregate. I mean, to be able to get that many people who are that scared to do something that groundbreaking, it had everything to do with his ability to speak. Fucking that was him. Uh, To this day, him and the WWE are on shaky ground, but even Vince knows the value of Jesse's presence because he has brought Jesse in for various occasions. Uh, quite a while back when he was still governor, actually, there was a big to-do. People got up in arms because Jesse Ventura actually refereed a match. <sighs> was it a WrestleMania match? I don't even remember what match it was. But he got he got just even it, it, no I don't think it was a WrestleMania because I think it took place in Minnesota so it wasn't a WrestleMania, but I know he had Jesse Ventura referee 
imagine there was a big oh man everybody got up in arms about it because he was the governor he can't do that sure you can governors uh, yeah sure sure governors and mayors throughout the first pitch at baseball games all the fucking time yeah yeah so what's the difference really one's an american pastime and one's taboo that's the difference <laughs> um i'd like to you think know, of to, wrestling this, as an american pastime i, I definitely would it is. People just won't refer to it as it. It is. More than baseball, probably. Baseball's Fuck. a Japanese pastime at this point. More than apple pie. More than apple pie. I see people making apple um, pie with these damn Japanese apples. Can't tell me that shit's American. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays you can find Jesse the Body down in Mexico. He lives there. That's where, that's where he lives. He has dual citizenship and keeps busy by uh, either writing... Um, he does podcast and radio, and he was even hosting his own television show for a while there. I think on, was it True TV? Um, he had the TV show Conspiracy Theories, where, you know, ironically, we, we've been on that, and uh, uh, he, he brought up conspiracy theories, and he's not afraid to ask the questions, you know what right, I mean? Right, yeah. Hey, when this man speaks, fucking money comes out his mouth. I mean, that's why, to me, he's our number three. Because when he speaks, fucking money, people are going to pay to hear this motherfucker speak. So, there you go. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I love some Jesse Ventura. Yeah. And, I mean, partisan because he was our governor. But even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't from Minnesota, he would still go down as one of the greats. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He inspired uh, superstar Billy Graham. He inspired Hulk Hogan. You know, all of these guys before they were huge. Uh, this was back in the AWA days. He, mm. he inspired a lot of them. Vern Gagne. Rest in peace. Body slamming motherfuckers in fucking retirement homes and shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to have him on the podcast sometime. Shoot the shit with him. I know he's got a lot to talk about on the legalization aspect of, of uh, marijuana and and a whole bunch of other I things. I think that... he would fit in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we'd have to do a double show almost. <laughs> oh, yeah, we would. He, yeah, he would definitely fit in with you and I. Um, yeah, you, I, and I, I think probably out of everybody on our list, and some of them are dead, so obviously not. Um, yeah, Jesse Ventura would be the one that would fit in with us the best. And I, and I think, well, not even the best. I think he would fit in with us, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be a future goal. Try to get him on the show. Hell yeah. <clears throat> but moving forward with uh, newly appointed number two. Number two. This number two would have been my number one. But you can't take a number two without a number one. So... We'll just go there. I will take that challenge. I like some barbecue sauce, and I love I love some Jim Ross. Good old Jr. is coming <laughs> in at number two for our generation. Jr. called the most classic matches. Ross got his start in Mid South Wrestling when he was still in college. Shortly after Bill Watts bought out the Tri-State Territory in 1982 and merged it with Mid South Wrestling Territory. Ross became their lead play-by-play man, as well as vice president of marketing. The first world title match was called between Ric Flair and Ted DiBiase. Talk about Holy marking shit. out, man. Fucking crazy. 
Then when Jim Crockett Jr. bought Mid-South and merged it with Jim Crockett's promotions group, JR joined the new company as the lead play-by-play man for the National Wrestling Alliance, which had one of the longest, most legitimate histories in pro wrestling, and will continue to with the assistance of Billy, Billy Corrigan <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins. Right? Yeah. <laughs> when Crockett sold his company to Ted Turner and it became WCW, a future icon of sports entertainment would take over as president, Eric Bischoff. And Ross never ha- held his tongue on his disdain for Easy e Although Eric has, to this day, insisted that he very much liked JR and appreciated his talent. But WCW was wanting to go in a different direction. Uh, but WCW's trash was WWF's treasure. Ross would come to be known as the voice of the Attitude Era. And despite being turned into a joke by the end of his WWF or slash E run, was always something you could look forward to even if the show itself was lackluster. Ross and King will always be in the discussion as the best announced team of all time. But don't forget the short time that Ross spent with another brilliant announcer who didn't quite make my list, Bob Cloudy in NWA. Those two had amazing chemistry. But I think a mature JR with Childish King played out well as a father-son dynamic. Even though Lawler in his senior is his senior by two years. Number three. Number two. Because you can't make a complete report just by putting together his common phrases. Take for an example, Braun Strowman attacking Roman Reigns in the backstag segment on Raw a couple weeks ago. The one where he tipped over the ambulance. Let's start right as Braun attacks Roman. Business is about to pick up here. It's going to be a real slobber knocker. Bronze stomping a mud hole and walking it dry. Roman is just being whipped like a government mule. I can't do a Jim Ross accent. I'm not an accents guy. I'm very sorry. Let, 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 hey, <laughs> let, let, let me try it. Let me try it. All, All right. right. All uh, right. I'll, I'll start over from the beginning. <laughs> Business about to fit, pick up here, folks. It's going to be a slobber knocker. Braun Strowman stomping a mud hole and walking it dry. Roman's being whipped like a government mule. He's tougher than a $2 steak. And then, after Brown throws Roman off the docks, he's not just hurting the man, he's out to end his career. And then Brown tips over the ambulance. As God is my witness, he's broken in half. <laughs> By God. It's a pathetic JR. <laughs> it's a pathetic JR, but you It's know. better than mine. It's better than mine. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't do accents and voices. I, I think you got to drop the, the one the one side of your lip down to do a good JR. It's got to get down like that. So I'll just have a stroke, and then I should be fine. Well, Bell, Bell Palsy. Come on, man. Have some <laughs> respect. Bell Palsy. You didn't have a stroke. You had Bell Palsy. Actually, I think it's Bell Palsy caused a stroke, and then I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that fucking uh, Jerry the King Lawler killed his wife over barbecue sauce. That we know for a fact. Truth. Truth. Definitely. You know, and, 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 and JR, who, like like you said, I mean, this is your guy. And, and, and oh, yeah. hey, I love him. I love him to death. But to this day, he still keeps busy. Uh, he calls sporadic MMA and boxing matches. He is the voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV which is a big feat to try to bring uh, Japanese wrestling to the American audience. I mean, he's, he's probably the guy to do it. 
He also writes for FoxSports.com, which, uh, shameless plug again here, uh, your very own Fat Mac has actually been on FoxSports.com and Fox Sports yes. Cable Network. There's their review this. of me. I had an interview. I was interviewed and put on FoxSports.com. It was good stuff. You look good. Uh, so go go look it up, folks. Um, if you look up Fat Mac and Beef Sticks Podcast and FoxSports.com, you won't find a fucking thing. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> I'm not lying about me being on there, uh, but that's not what you find. But also, and, and hey, we we got to do it. We got to give it up to him. He has his very own Ross Report podcast um, that, that does amazingly well. Everybody listens to him. And as Jerry the King Lawler would, would, would remind you over and over again, he's hawking his own brand of barbecue sauce also. That's some damn good barbecue sauce. Hey, it's worth killing somebody's wife over. <laughs> he just wanted the secret recipe. <laughs> I did it for the Szechuan sauce, Marty. Marty, I did it for JR's barbecue sauce. Ninety-nine more seasons, Marty. Just for the barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> JR's barbecue sauce, Marty. Marty, so, somebody needs to fuck. Somebody needs to Photoshop fucking JR's barbecue sauce on that scene. <laughs> did it for the. I did it for the barbecue sauce, Marty. <laughs> yeah, and Jr. Uh, Jr. just wonder, re-signed a deal with the WWE too, which is fucking awesome. Hell yeah, he's gonna be doing uh, a few special events. He's not gonna be regular, but he's gonna do some big time events. Hey, he he called a match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Who, who honestly thought we were gonna see that again? Not me, not me. I I, I've always been know. hoping. I've always been hoping, but I never thought he would come back. I honestly thought it was on WWE. I didn't think WWE would ever have him back. Honestly. Um, I don't think WWE ever quite appreciated what they had with him. Because like you mentioned, I mean, he was turned into a joke. The Kiss My Ass Club, the joking about Bell Palsy. The, I mean, they, they just really fucking shat on him towards the end of his career. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. every time they could, they fucking demeaned him in every way possible. It was, uh, and nobody knows why. Nobody, I mean, that, that's been a topic for, for wrestling fans and former wrestlers or people in the industry for years is, is why did JR get shit on so much when he was one of the main guys in the company and one of the most uh, loyal WWE guys in the company ever? Vince had to have had some beef. So he did something Vince didn't like or said something Vince didn't like or found out something Vince didn't want him to know. Hey, what if what if that whole story about Macho Man fucking Stephanie wasn't even Macho Man, but it was Jr. Ooh, I don't what think he'd be back right heat, now. But then later on, Vince found out it was Jr. not Macho, and that's why he let Macho get inducted into the Hall of Fame. But then he started shitting on Jr. <laughs> Come here, Stephanie. I'm gonna let you drive this old hog. I'm gonna stomp a mud hole in your ass, and I'm gonna fucking <laughs> stomp it dry. I tell you what, now. <laughs> my shit's tougher than a two dollar steak i tell you what i'm gonna be whipping you like a government mule this is a talk about a slobber knocker you're gonna be slobbing on my knocker as <laughs> <laughs> god is my witness i ripped her ass in half <laughs> <laughs> i don't see jr jr is not the kind of guy who would go for some hard fucking jr is the kind of guy who makes love and his woman has JR her eyes feel, closed. 
I don't even think he's the kind of guy. I think he's the kind of guy that just fucking lays on the bed and just lets her ride him until she's done. I think he's that kind of. I think Jr. is the Pops kind of guy. Viagra, that take a nap. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see him. He's watching the Sooners game while she's fucking plowing him. He's watching the Sooners game. He's like, just, just move over a bit, hon. I love you. You're doing great, hon. Just move over a little bit. The Sooners are gonna score here in just a second. I love you, hon. <laughs> like he'd be nice about it. He's not a dick. Right. Oh, He's yeah. not like yeah. fucking Richard in my way. He's like, Can you just move over a bit, hon? How's it going for you? Am I hard enough for you? Do I need to take another pill? God bless you, baby. I love you. I hope Jerry the King Lauder doesn't kill you over that sweet baby raise you bought because it was on sale. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler will never do our fucking show ever because of me. <laughs> <laughs> Nor Jim Ross, neither one of them. They fucking boycotted this show. <laughs> and it's that's, worth it. That's Fuck okay. Every I mean, I'm sad JR <laughs> won't be on the show, but uh, I don't know. I think I'd say some things to King just because, God damn it, he's not as good as he once was. And I'm pretty sure he's not number one on this list. You know what? He's not as good as he once was, but he once was better than he'll ever be. Oh, yeah. That's an old uh, country song there. Well, that's not how the words go, though. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I, I, I'm not as good as I once was, but I once was better than I'll ever be. Yeah, that's the words. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Does that sound right? No. Because that's that, right. That's no, fucking that's right. That's way wrong. That's fucking right. No, that was way right. wrong. I'll send you the lyrics right now. Is that I once was good as I ever was? It, I'm not as sense. good as I once was, but I'm as good once well, maybe. as I ever was. Yeah. No, it's ever, ever will be. No. I think. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh. I don't Professor know. Fresh says right now the young, we're the youngest that we will ever be. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I, I am the youngest. I, no, I'm not. I'm the oldest I've ever been, though, right now. That ain't a lie. Right. The oldest today that I've ever fucking been in my life. Yeah, but you're also the youngest you'll ever be in the future. No. Yeah, you'll never be this young again. I'm not the youngest I'll ever be because I was once zero. I was once sperm. No, I didn't say you're the youngest. No, but from this point on, well, you're the youngest you'll youngest ever be. Ever. I don't know that that Because yeah. no. you didn't say you're the youngest you've ever been. You said you're you know the youngest. We're, you'll we're, ever we're be. getting into some fantastic fables <laughs> topics because I want to get into time and how time doesn't fucking exist and shit. And, and I'm going to go off on this kind of shit because it's true. I mean, this this opens up all sorts of wormholes and stuff like that. I'm I'm, I'm down with that. Um. Oh, hey, speaking of fantastic fables, speaking of Jim Ross, we just got over with, and speaking of topics, I want to talk about. Uh, do we want to discuss? Holy shit, it's already 10 o'clock. Do we want to discuss the Mandela effect just real fucking quick on Jim Ross? Yeah, we might as well because we stumbled across a little okay. bit of a Mandela effect. Do you, um, do you want to explain what the Mandela effect is or do you want me to explain it to the folks? I think I can handle it. The Mandela okay. effect. Okay. okay. It's called the Mandela effect because back in, God, what year was it? Mandela was in prison. Oh. And he, Nelson Mandela. Yes, Nelson Mandela was in prison, and he passed away. But all these years later, I think it was 2013, he was announced that he passed away. And everybody's like, didn't he pass away all these years ago in the 90s when he was in prison? Right. We all, we all knew he did. 
Another famous uh, Mandela effect is the Berenstain Bears or the Berenstain Bears. Berenstain Bears. Dude, and I, I have too. I found some old ass books and it says Berenstain. I'm like, you fucking lying. You're fucking lying. Yeah. It's so it's so even the, the cartoon effect, even the cartoon and the theme song. They say right? Berenstain Bears. So basically, for you folks that may not know what we're talking about, the Mandela effect is, is either one of two things, and nobody's been able to pinpoint it down yet, but it's either one of two things. It's either the fact that we make up memories that never existed to fill in gaps in our memories that that our mind hasn't filled in, or the fact that somewhere between the time of what we remember happening and the time of what we've learned it didn't happen, we actually changed uh, dimensions and or universes from that spot. So for those of us who grew up and learned in school and from the news and all this other stuff that Nelson Mandela died in prison at some point from the time that we learned that and heard that. And from the time that he did from the time that he actually died in prison between that time and between the time we found out that he died again, we actually moved into a different dimension to where Mandela hadn't died in prison in that dimension. Um, it well, opens all sorts retain, of fucking yeah. questions, wormholes. But so what does this have to fucking do with pro wrestling? What we're talking about? Nothing. We just wanted to fucking bring it up. Right, Pasty? Actually, it has something to do with this very, uh, very guy with JR. And we, we accidentally stumbled upon it, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we were trying to find <laughs> sound clips for the show so I can play more than this awesome air horn I've been clicking every now and then. Do it, do it, do it. Come yeah. on, click it, click it. Oh, I've been clicking. I hear it. It's Come clicking. On. You can't hear it. You can't hear it. You'll hear it when you listen to the show. I will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we were looking for, for clips, and I told, told, told Fat Mac that I want JR with his famous, By God! By God! It doesn't exist. At least to our knowledge. We can't can't find, we cannot find an audio clip that proves it exists. Let's say that. No, you can't. It's so crazy. Because then I I went to the internet and I posted the question. We can't find it anywhere. Can somebody tell me the match or or the pay-per-view or anything about one or send a link or do this. something. Because we know he said this far more than one time. <laughs> it's happened yeah, over multiple and over times, again. right? Multiple times. So I was sent it's a link. It's his famous catchphrase. I was sent a link and it was JR, by God, for 10 hours. And he doesn't say, by God. He says, oh, my God. <laughs> and over and over again, just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> we need to get JR on the show. JR. Don't pay attention to our jokes about Jerry the King Lawler. Come on, no, the show. We, we love you, Jr. And we love your wife. Rest in peace. I'm sorry about the car accident, and I'm sorry she passed away the, the way she did. And my way of coping with loss is through humor. So yeah. I don't mean any disrespect to you from this. But please, for and the that's love the- of God, come on, Beef Six, and and tell us you've said by God. At least we'll just fucking say it now so that we can fucking combine <laughs> the two universes together into one complete universe or something. Fuck. Yeah. Mandela effect. Yeah. We stumbled across this Mandela effect. I 
I uh, I didn't know even Pacey knew about this, and he did when I was talking about it to him. But I have been interested in the Mandela effect for a while. Oh yeah. And when we stumbled across this, it really fucking piqued my interest because it's like, yeah, I've been I've been kind of into this and researching it. And, and there's so many things from different fucking movie quotes, uh, different news articles, different people that may or may not have even fucking existed in time. You know, there, there's so many of these things that exist that, that are this Mandela effect. And it was like, I never, for once, A, I never thought that we'd find our own Mandela effect. And two, I never thought we'd accidentally stumble upon it. I thought it would be if I was looking for something. <laughs> Man, oh my God. And that brings me to another famous WWE Mandela effect that we completely overlooked. Go Don't you it. remember? Think back. Think as hard as you can. Don't you remember a time when Vince McMahon when Vince McMahon exploded in a big ball of flame? Yes. And then the next week he came back and he was like Mandela effect. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> he blew up in a limousine. <laughs> it's too bad that theory wasn't out. Then he could have just used that to cover the whole story. Like he, he never died. It didn't what exist are you at talking that time, about? But he could have. <laughs> it's a different we universe. We into another dimension last night. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to say I you got to do your your number one announcer. I, I'm sorry, folks. That, that's that is Pasty's number one announcer, Jim Ross, and it's hard for me to argue. That is probably the number one announcer of uh, uh, very least fifty percent of our listeners. So, Jim Ross, I'm giving you your due. You definitely deserve the number two spot i can't take now let's that away not from take you. this away from your number one because your number one no, definitely, definitely is the not. heaviest contender for the number one spot i definitely think it's a it's an all-out uh, slobber knocker between these two i think it is i'm gonna throw out a few honorable mentions and i want you to put some people out whoever you think maybe we didn't get to that that should get a shout out i'm not gonna say much on them uh honorable mentions austin aries and kevin owens both of them guys are current wrestlers, but due to injuries, uh, were were put on the announce team and just Man, blew it the fuck away. Can you away. imagine a future where Kevin Owens and Austin Aries are the announce team? I, I can imagine that future, and I love it. Oh. Um, two other people I want to say that actually go together also, Joey Styles and Paul Heyman. Joey Styles was probably the only, or at least the only, really famous uh, announcer to do a one-man announce team. And as somebody who just now started a one-man podcast, I can tell you that's got to be hard as fucking shit. And he made he he made you enjoy it, and he kept you attuned. Paul Heyman, I mean, anybody who's listened to his promos know that man can talk. He can do everything. The only reason he didn't quite make the list is he wasn't an announcer for very long and actually didn't do a lot of announcing. He yeah. did a lot of promo. He did a lot of managing. He owned the ECW. Uh, he, he wrote a lot of scripts and a lot of promos and probably wrote a lot of what Joey Styles said, but he didn't spend a lot of time behind the desk. And that's the only reason that Paul Heyman didn't make it. Pacey, do you have anybody else you want to give a shout out to? Mauro Ranallo, man. Oh, oops, fuck. Yeah. I, I'll I'll second that one. Ronaldo's right the now. whole reason we made this list, man. Uh, it was the inspiration yeah. for the whole thing. He's been in in the news a lot, and, and he definitely was. deserves some recognition. And yeah, he didn't make our list because there's a lot of a lot of fucking names to make the list. He probably wouldn't even made it if we had a top ten. 
Right. It's well, and, and also because he, he's newer to the pro right. wrestling game, but he's been a sports announcer for a long time. And right. I think that speaks volumes and that's, for him that that's he can transition that, from sport to sport to sport. Yeah. And that's on the same level that Corey Graves didn't make the cut in the future. He definitely will make the cut. Corey Graves is an amazing announcer as well. Yeah. He's just too <laughs> new. Yeah. Too new. Um, I, actually, I was just talking with my son's mother today. And I said in one uh, one day, Corey Graves is going to be spoken to in the same breath as Jr. and Bobby Heenan. And I, I said yeah. that. I, I name-dropped those two <laughs> names who happen to be our two and our number one. Uh, number one. And, and, and I, pulled, I, I pulled Cloud on this one. As we said, uh, Pacey would have took Jr. and he was gracious enough for letting – for letting me to pull clout and put my number one as number one. We worked on this list together, but I, I, I dug my heels in the ground. I pulled, I, I threw a fit, you know, I, I withheld, I withheld sex for a week and uh, I ended up getting the number one spot. Yep. Yep. I finally so gave I'm, him. He did. Uh, Bobby, the brain Heenan. Holy shit, man. If you all if you all heard that Jr. was number two, I mean, I, God, if was didn't everybody listening to this know that either Jr. or Bobby the Brain were going to be one? I they should have. Everybody listening thought it was going to be one or the other. If you were in a, a younger, uh, I mean, I guess if you're if you're in your eighties, you probably thought Gordon Soley was going to make it to number one, and you should have. <laughs> But, you know, if you're an older folk like myself or some, you probably thought Bobby the Brain Heaton was definitely getting number one. And if you're a somewhat younger folk like Pasty White, you probably would have given it to Jim Ross. And I guess if you're like eight, you probably would have said fucking Michael Cole would have got it. But hey, fuck you, okay, bastard. That's another That's another one of my honorable mentions. Michael Cole is awesome. <laughs> hey, He's been he's been around since like what fucking ninety five. Mm-hmm. Who else lasts that long? I, I give him credit. We all love to shit on Michael Cole. Let's give him credit. He deserves an honorable mention. He's oh, yeah. put up with a lot of shit, and he's lasted for so fucking long because of his professionalism. Um, I think what hurt him the most was when they made him go heel, because he was a horrible heel announcer. I'm sorry. He was. It didn't work. That's that kind of B material that stings. That strikes gold with me, though. I loved, loved (laughs) Heel Cole. Did you really? Yeah. You liked Heel Cole? Oh Oh, my gosh, that was the most annoying thing I thought. It was annoying, but but it was great. It was brilliant. But hey, does that not speak volumes for Michael Cole himself? The fact that you loved his heel persona and I hated it, and we both can admit that he, he's he's in your top uh, twenty, hands down. Top yeah. twenty hands yeah. down. No, if I would have I mean, actually I mean, flushed out, volumes. if I would have flushed out my top ten, he would have been in it. Yeah. Granted, my my like I said, I I was having a, a hard time trying to trying to put together a list because I don't know my, that many announcers, and I didn't want to give like Brian Saxton the number eight spot or something. You know what I mean? Brian <laughs> Saxton, number eight. <laughs> He would have loved you for it. He would have. He would have come on this podcast had you given him the number eight spot. He would have, because he's got nothing else to fucking do. What else is Brian Saxton doing? Not a fucking thing. He'd have come on our podcast. You should have done that. No. All right. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, number one. Uh, Fat Mac, myself. I knew immediately. When we picked this topic of the top announcers, mm-hmm. I didn't care if 
because we did debate. We we said was it going to be top five, top ten, top this, that, the other, whatever, and we went with top eight. I knew when it was top announcers, fucking Bobby DeBrain Heenan was going to be my number one. There was no question. I I didn't question. Right. No, I, I knew that's top, where you were I, going. The fucking rest of them. Yeah. Um, the perfect example, and I brought this up earlier. The perfect example. Go back and watch the 1992 Royal Rumble, and hear why the brain is at the top of this list. That may the 92 Royal Rumble may be the best fucking example of announcing ever, and that's between Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. And I will admit, had Bobby not had Gorilla to work with, it probably would not be remembered as the best. But I think Bobby made it better than Gorilla made it. Are we talking about the uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper incident? Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about with the Rowdy He's Piper He's wearing incident. a kilt. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. The, the, the kilt where he was like, well, yeah. What what happens is, is Brain is not a fan of Rowdy the Piper because Brain is the heel announcer and Piper is a face. And and Brain is, is, is rooting for Ric Flair. Ric Flair came in at number two. There's no way Ric Flair is winning, but the brand is, is rooting for Ric Flair because he's the biggest heel. Roddy Piper comes down and, and, and he's a face. So the brain's like, it's not a kilt. It's a skirt. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Well, then Piper comes in and then Piper starts beating on somebody who's beating on Flair and helps Flair out. And the brain's like, look at him. He's helping. He's helping Flair out. I told you, Gorilla. It's not a skirt. It's a kilt. I'm telling you, it's a kilt, not a skirt. <laughs> and then a little bit later, fucking Roddy Piper starts beating on Ric Flair. And Bobby the Brain's like, God damn it, Monsoon. Didn't I tell you it's a skirt? It's not a kilt. It's a skirt. Between that... Uh, between lines like, you know, oh, by the time the Iron Sheik gets here, it's going to be WrestleMania 32 because Iron Sheik's taken forever to get to the ring. I mean, I mean, Bobby the Brain Heenan, he was the voice of a whole generation of wrestling. His career of of, of just announcing pro wrestling. Now, this isn't talking about uh, his wrestling and managing anything. His announcing spanned from 1985 to 2000 that's like two generations worth of that's at least a generation's worth if not two generations worth of wrestlers or or wrestling fans i should say that heard the brain commentate on their, their 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 favorite matches if bobby was a wine he would be the type that paired with any meal because you could put bobby with any announced team and he would make it better might not be the best you would make it better bobby the brain heenan and gorilla monsoon is my favorite announced team of all time as we mentioned before just hands down those two uh uh, ventura and vince the the double v's as you might call them is a close second no it's not it's not a close second it's a second monsoon and heenan my favorite of all fucking time but he was also great with the macho man randy savage those two played off each other so well, and especially since they were two, they were two former wrestlers. But Macho didn't play when he went on commentary. He played the face color commentator and not the heel color commentator, which you don't get a lot of nowadays. Um, and he was great with Vince McMahon himself, as we had discussed earlier, uh, as Vince being a great one. Uh, 
But then then he went to WCW after his stint in WWF and himself with Tony Schiavone and Larry Zbysko in WCW. He had some great moments there, calling matches in WCW, uh, making fun of people, whatever he did. But also, for those of you who are WCW fans, he was the perfect spoil for Mike Tanay. Uh, if you remember back in the mid-90s, they'd bring Mike Tanay in whenever they had the cruiserweights on. Uh, it, it was almost their, like, uh, their way of doing like 205 Live now, where they changed the ropes and the mat and shit, you know? They didn't go all out and do that in WCW, but they would always add Tony Schiavone in. Or not Tony Mike Tanay. They'd always add Mike Tanay in, who, as I brought up, as my number seven. He was the professor. He knows fucking everything. So they always brought Mike Tanay in. And and Bobby the Brain worked with Mike Tanay so fucking great because, uh, you know, whenever the Cruiserweights was on, Bobby would always – and he did this in, in WWE also, whenever WWE had foreign wrestlers in. Bobby the Brain Heenan would always purposely screw up any foreign name or foreign move. I mean, he could make a joke out of it. He would not work in this fucking uh, PC world that we live in. Because yeah, no, he always not. had some fucking weird... Yeah, he had some weird, goofy fucking thing to say about all of them. Bobby was the type of announcer that could keep a dead show alive. Which he did many nights, especially in the WCW days. Um, uh, anybody who's watched his WWF uh, DVD will know that he actually, a lot of the times when he was in WCW, he was just miserable because of the bullshit that happened backstage because there was no direction, because it was so unprofessional. And and when you go back and watch those Monday, uh, those WCW Monday Nitros and those pay-per-views, you could not tell that. He was always on. He was always giving you his best. He was always smiling. He was always making you smile. He always had Fun. This is a guy whose legacy spans from a fan growing up as a kid onto a wrestler who, in all honesty, was a shitty wrestler. He was not a good wrestler. Bobby the Brain Heenan was not a good wrestler. But you know what? He's not called the Brain for nothing. He didn't stay a wrestler very fucking long. He moved on to becoming a manager. And he moved on to becoming perhaps the greatest manager of all time. Uh, there, He's always going to be in the top three argument for greatest managers of all time. And he moved on to be, in, in my opinion, the best announcer of all time. And again, arguably, at least in the discussion of the best announcers of all time. Heenan's love for this business very well may have been the, one of the key cogs that kept pro wrestling alive during its lowest points. Bobby Heenan was there for some of the deepest slumps and he always had a positive spin on things. He always was happy. He never let you see how low things could be. Bobby Heenan, man, if I could talk to him, I would tell him every time you spoke, I smiled. I'm going to end my little spiel right there with that. I mean, every time you spoke, I smiled. The man's a fucking icon. Definitely. Yeah. Pour one down. Um, So that's our list. 
The hot tag. Um, how do you folks feel about it, man? Uh, give us give us some dialogue. Get a hold of me on fatmacbsp at gmail.com. That's F-A-T-M-A-C-K-B-S-P at gmail.com. Uh, get a hold of Pasty. Where do, where do they get a hold of you at? Pasty White at gmail.com. That's P A Y S T E E W H Y T at gmail.com. Or cloudstylebroadcasting uh, at gmail.com. Or Brooking Northern Lights at gmail.com. Yep. Or get local Minnesota at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm sure there's more. Uh, Beef Sticks Podcast Facebook. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, just search for Beef Sticks Podcast on Facebook. At Twitter, search Beef Sticks Podcast Twitter. Uh, Go on there. Beef Sticks Podcast at gmail.com. Did I say that? <laughs> you did, but let's say it again. Uh, let us know. Let us know uh, if, if we left out somebody that you thought should be on there. Let us know what memories you have of the folks that were on here. Uh, I mean, let us know, let us know what what you would like for another hot tag segment, like a top a top whatever, a top ten, a top eight, a top five, a top three. We can do a top three and go at length at why those people are top three. You've heard what we talked about in just a top eight. You've heard what we talked about in a top ten. You give us a top three, we'll spend a whole show talking about the top three. You give us you give us, us a talk, you top fifty. We'll talk for a week straight, and that'll be a lot of fun. Probably will. It'll be fucking five shows right there. Uh, get a hold of us. Let us know what you want to hear. You know, we love doing what we do, and we're gonna do. We're gonna do what we. We're gonna do this in our style, no matter what. If you don't like our style, you're probably not gonna keep listening to us. Uh, but we want to know what you want to hear. If we can give you what you want to hear in our style, we're gonna bring it to you. But you have to let us know. You have to get a hold of us. You have to be vocal. Um, we're getting a lot of plays. We're getting a lot of uh, love from people, but we're not getting a lot of feedback. And and if we don't get feedback, we're gonna assume we're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And maybe we are. And if we are, just don't say anything. If we're gonna keep, continue to keep giving you what we've been giving you, but let us know. Let us know. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like suggestions. You know, we can only think so far. It's nice to get outsider perspectives. What What do you want to hear about? What would you like? How did you feel about our list? Who did we leave off that you love? Who did we put in that you think's horrible? My God, you you know, fucking Taz made the list, that stupid fucker. <laughs> I can't even stand his voice, that little fucking midget bastard. Or something like that, you know, Jim Ross. He let JR kill his wife and didn't do a damn thing about it, that motherfucker. How the hell did you put him on the list? No. Just tell <laughs> us what you think. I, I want to hear it from you. I want to know. I'd, I'd love to hear and we will respond. I promise you that we will not only respond to you from whichever medium you get a hold of us from, but we will also give you a shout out on the show if you wish. If you don't want to, let us know when you when you get a hold of us and we won't. I mean, that's fine. If you want to be anonymous about it, go right ahead. Let us know because I because I because I want to give you the credit you deserve. So if you get a hold of us, I want to give you the credit. So you, so please let me know if you don't want the credit and and we won't say a damn thing. I'll take all the credit in the world for somebody else's work. I mean, that's how I've made a living, to be honest. Everything we've done on fucking beef sticks is all pasty white shit. I just fucking spit it back out. He writes me a whole fucking dialogue. He gives me a script, and I just repeat it. I'm like a parrot. 
I don't fucking come up with the shit. It's all his. I just talk. <laughs> I got the sexy voice. He 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 fucking sounds like a toad with a fucking yeast infection. But I got the voice. He writes it out because he's got the mind, and I speak it. <laughs> so I don't come up with anything on my own. So I, I'm more than willing to take credit for your shit. But if you do want credit, let us know. I'm kidding, Pacey. You got a beautiful voice, man. You do write my shit, but you also got a beautiful voice. You don't sound like a toad with a yeast <laughs> infection. What does that even sound like? I don't know. You got to you gotta ask X-Pac. <laughs> he, probably, he probably fucking knows. If he doesn't know, he's got the medication to cure it. <laughs> right, right. I need <laughs> that. Take I need it. Shit. It's for my lungs. <laughs> 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 fucking uh. X-Pac. Remember when he fucking, uh, remember he ripped his anus? Do you remember that? Yes, yes. He was doing the Bronco Buster, which is a <laughs> signature move of his. And oftentimes people, uh, wrestlers move, so he misses the person and he hits the turnbuckle. I, actually, this has happened at least two times that he's talked about. He's hit the turnbuckle and literally ripped his anus. This guy fucking tears his ass for you. And these were these were both in like uh, small independent shows. These weren't like fucking WWF or big time shows, man. This wasn't even Ring of Honor. This guy r- literally tears his ass open for you folks. I hope you appreciate all he does. That's pretty fucking wicked. But then you got to think about it. He also fucked China. Like talk about taking one for the team. She'd rip his asshole too. She has ripped his asshole. <laughs> okay, so let me put this out here. This, this is this is a fucking call out to d- domestic abuse. All right. A lot of you folks out here know who China the wrestler is, and a lot of you folks out here know who X Pac the wrestler is, right? So China and X Pac started dating after Triple H was cheating on China with Stephanie McMahon. She she went to X Pac. She felt bad. She was she was downtrodden. <clears throat> so then you find out that X Pac has been abusing her, both physically and mentally. Beats her and and fucking threatens her and makes her feel like shit. Talk about the power of emotional abuse. Because anybody who knows who China the wrestler is and knows who X-Pac is knows that China would beat the ever-loving fuck out of X-Pac in a fight. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. Um, You know, I mean, that's just... Talk about a fucking... A shout-out to domestic abuse victims. We know it isn't always about the physicality. Um, and I'm going to end on that positive note right there. Um, JR's wife was killed due to barbecue sauce and, and X-Pac beat China. <laughs> so with that, I hope you all liked the hot tag this week. Again, get a hold of us. You heard all of our, our, our various ways to get a hold of us. It's been fun. I didn't have internet access and I still enjoy just fucking winging it with all you folks yeah. and getting a little intimate with everybody. Off the script. I got off the script um, again we're gonna see you again next Thursday um, cheap cheap plug tomorrow we're gonna have another fantastic fables it's gonna be my very first legitimate show I'm hoping for the best 
I want you all to expect the worst just in I'm case. I'm really excited for it. I'm going to have fun. I have fun with this. I do have fun. I'm going to have fun. And I like talking, as all of y'all know. And as Pacey knows, because I never let him get a word within wise. <laughs> you know, but it's That's his fault he me, writes brother. all this dialogue for me. Um, anyways, uh, we you love you. You got shameless promotion. Like let me put my shameless promotion. Coming up this Monday on Get Local Minnesota, the radio show. I'll be in the studio with none other than Psycho Mikeo out on tour. Uh, right now, actually, tonight, he's currently in New York. So they've, they've been all over the place, down south. Now they're hitting the East Coast. A lot of fun. Uh, we'll have him on the show. Hey, it's the least we can do. Psycho Mikeo not only had you and Strata on, but I called in. So all yes. three of us were on at one time on Psycho Mikeo and Friends. Like, talk about perfect shit. A menage four. A menage four. A menage quatre. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I suppose um, Ron Smackdown, you know, we don't always get around to the reviews because we tend to blither and blather for far too long. But Ron Smackdown happened. You know what? Going forward, we may not even fucking touch on Ron Smackdown other than the big things that happen. That's another thing I want you fans to let us know. Do you fucking want to hear? You probably you probably look at all the fucking websites and listen to other fucking shows on YouTube and shit. Or Is watch that the shows you yourself. Us? Let us know. Right. Yeah, let us fucking know if that's even something you want from us. Maybe you don't. We could easily cut that shit out. We didn't even get to it today. So, let us know. We want yeah. we, we want to make our show, but we want to make it to where you're happy also. And then it's definitely like relationship. Definitely check out our Patreon. Uh, let us know if if you think. The pricing is fair for what you guys will be getting if you choose to subscribe. And you don't have to subscribe. We will always bring you this podcast free of charge. And all Cloud Style broadcasting no podcast. No doubt. Free of charge. I don't see the point in actually making money off of it. But it sure would be nice to have some funds to put no, into other things. If, if you want to throw, yeah, if you want to throw some money at us improving this show, go right ahead. Again, we, we will give you... We'll give you stuff in return. We'll give you shout-outs. We'll get you tickets. Well, we, I mean, we're going to give you a little something back, too. But, we, you know, it's cool to know that you're interested also. If you want to give us love, do it. If you don't, I'm still going to come out here, and I'm still going to accuse the king of killing J.R.'s wife every fucking week. Yes, indeed. Well, I suppose with that said... um, we will catch you guys next week, same time. I love you like a lovesick puppy. Same place, Beef Sticks Podcast, y'all. My name has been Pasty White, and will continue to be Pasty White, except for the days I'm flirt Bert Flobane. I'm Fat Mac, but on the weekends, you can call me uh, Chubby Suzanne. <laughs> That's my favorite role of yours. That and you're apprising the role like of all my roles. the Titanic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially the one right before your, your cock piece. Mm, my favorite role. Wow. Wow. Baby, let me just, let me just slip the tip in a little bit. <clears throat> I spit on it, baby. <laughs> the Let's get the, the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with our bullshit. We love you. We love you. Same beef times, same beef network.
Yeah, keep it beefy, y'all. Snap it to it.